Oh, my goodness. Let me just say that before this show started, me and Chris were jamming out a little bit. I might have to do that for certain uh, episodes. Uh, just have us jamming out and everything. I don't know. Just for a little bit. Yeah, just play some music and stuff on certain oh, episodes. My. Okay. What? What happened? <laughs> I gotta go over here. I gotta go. I gotta go over here for a second. Any... Stop. <laughs> stop! Please stop. Remy, let her go. Remy, <laughs> Remy, let her go. <laughs> Remy, let her, let her go. Um, yeah, so I guess while we wait for Chris to come back, I just want to welcome you all to the Chris X Claire experience. And uh, yeah, we got a super exciting show for you tonight. You don't even know. And when I say exciting, I also mean disturbing, but I mean, that's every, every show. So, I mean, yeah, we're going to have lots of fun. Um, anyone that has any questions or comments, uh, feel free to ask it in the chat, especially pertaining to the topics, because me and Chris have watched both these documentaries in full multiple times, and uh, I feel almost like experts, sort of. So whatever. So yeah, we're gonna have a uh, we're gonna have a good show. Like, <laughs> get ready. Like, you're not ready. When I say get ready, you're not ready. You're not. There's no I way to you, be ready. I think I know you think you're ready. But you're not ready for what we got to show you. But anyway, so with that being said, let's get it. You're listening to the Chris X Claire Experience. The No Holds Barred podcast hosted by two insane best friends and a raccoon skull named Remy. <laughs> No episode is the same, and no topic is off limits. As these two storytellers take you on a ride you're going to wish you could get off of. But enough talking. Strap in and clear your schedule. Check one, two. Testing, testing. The Chris X. Claire experience begins now. Let's get this party started. What? What? Sounds fun. Wear your helmets. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Chris X. Claire Experience. This is episode 19, Abducted in Plain Sight and the J.C. Dugard Story. 19 <laughs> episodes, people. With 19 us. episodes of chaos. 19 episodes. I think, I don't know, we might have to do something special for our 20th episode. I think we should. I don't know what. We'll We're going to figure it out. We'll find a good one. We'll, find, we'll do something good. But anyway, uh, thank you all for showing up. Uh, as always, I'm going to thank my co-host right here, Chris. Woo! Chris, Chris, Chris. Woo! And then, uh, of course, our other co-host in the ether somewhere, somewhere, uh, Remy the Rack, the Haunting Raccoon Skull. So shout out to Remy. We also want to thank our sponsor, which is us, Fantasy World Bucks. I feel weird always saying that. Does that <laughs> weird you out a little bit? Uh, it weirds me out a little bit, but yeah, seriously, go to fantasyworld.com and uh, you know get your starter pack. And Do it. Buy our books and whatever and all that stuff. Support the show. Anyway, without further ado, 
we're going to actually do something a little different tonight. We are actually going to get right into the topic. I know. I know. That sounds insane. That sounds like so kind of insane. But we have like so much to cover. It's, it's almost like we have to. Normally, I'd have some like corny jokes to go with the topic or we talk about current events. And there's plenty other time for that. I mean, we we just got to we just got to do it unless Chris has something for us. Uh, <laughs> so, so, I, I so sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. I've had kind of a weird day. So I'm like, <laughs> no, here. It's all good. It's all good. I got enough energy for the both of us. I know Chris, Chris like came on and see here. I go tangent. Um, so I know Chris came on and I knew she had like a bad day and stuff. So I was just like playing music, just dancing to it and stuff. And just, you know, just see a little smile, a little bit, maybe. I mean, also, I I, did, I don't have a drop of makeup on my face, which isn't weird for me because, like, I usually don't wear makeup. Like, man, I feel really bad for flexing on you guys because, like, you see me in the podcast and I'm like, and they're going to meet me in person. Like, oh, God, because this is what I usually look like. And I don't ever, I don't really wear makeup that often. I do it almost specifically for the podcast um, or, like, for days at work when I really want to, like, flex on them, you know? But, yeah. like... I got called in to work today, so I didn't realize I was going to be um, doing anything that required me to look like a person. So this is what we're working with. I don't have my eyebrows on. I got no lashes. I have nothing. I look like a nice young man that you would like go on a date with. Like, like maybe if I like. (laughs) You said a nice young man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Liv. Oh, Liv, come for your come for your daughter's hand. Let's take her on a date. <laughs> oh, 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 oh no! What are you doing? You know, one day I'm really am going to flex. I'm going to like do like a heavy boy makeup that gives me stubble and stuff, and like come on the show and be like, "Hey, see this? Bro, this is impressive." Like, like, what's up, Ryan? Give me a chin strap. Crap, I used the R name. I should have did an E. Oh, my God. What's up? I know. What's wrong with me? What's up, uh, Evan? I don't know. Evan, Evan's good. Like Evan. I like Evan. Evan's not bad. Well, well, so. <laughs> Chris, Chris. What was that? <laughs> what? What How happened? What was that laugh? You said, you said it. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, have, I don't know. I have many laughs. Oh my that god! Got you should, me. You should Ooh. see when I'm like crying, laughing, and I can't breathe. Oh my god! I have I, seen I, that. I've done that to I you. I look like I'm having a stroke. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I look like I'm having a stroke. I'm like, or a heart attack. I'm like, <laughs> and I just like pause for a little bit. I'm like, ah, like it's just shit. like. Ooh, but anyway, <laughs> oh, that's good. All right, <laughs> all right. See, what, what, all right. Listen, Evan is about... here to rock and roll. <laughs> right, Evan. <laughs> all right. So our first documentary that we're gonna go over is "Abducted in Plain Sight," and uh, I took a lot of notes. Like, I shoot, this is, this is a lot of notes. But anyway, <laughs> this is a crazy documentary, and so I like watching. Uh, documentaries in general but i particularly like true crime documentaries and you know kidnapping stuff whatever who doesn't and (laughs) so anyway one day a friend of mine was like you need to check out abducted in plain sight 
I'm like, okay. And so I'm, I was literally like doing some work, like writing stuff while I was listening to this <laughs> documentary in the background. And I'm like kind of in and out, half paying attention or whatever. But then some stuff happened in the documentary. It literally took me out of my work. I was like, wait, what? Wait, what did you just say? Hold like, on. What? You, you Hold on. What with the who now? Huh? Rewind. Hold on. Nope. He's. He said exactly what I thought he said. Yep. And 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 then um, I was hooked <laughs> from beginning to end. I didn't get no more work done. So, so yeah. So, <laughs> so okay. So I don't. Um, so this documentary it takes place in the seventies, and basically it's about. <laughs> It's like trying to actually say what it's about. It's great without giving too much away. It's too soon. It's crazy. But anyway, it's about this guy who is kind of like a <laughs> Chris is already like, <laughs> go ahead and try, Julius. Try. <laughs> it's about this guy who's pretty well respected in his little local community. Okay. In, in his church and all that. Right. And he has a taste. Oh, trigger warning on this episode. I forgot to say that. I know it's in the notes, but trigger warning for like trauma and child abuse and all that. Trauma, stuff. abuse, abduction, shitty parenting, all of that. <laughs> so if you have any, yeah, don't watch this episode. Or, anyway. or, pro- or proceed with caution. Yes, or proceed with caution. So anyway, <laughs> well-respected guy in his community, his church and all that. And he has a taste for um, little girls. And which is disturbing, obviously. Which in and of itself is gross. Yeah, which is really gross. And so this, so the series starts out kind of like, or the documentary kind of starts out like any other documentary, like with uh, kidnapping or disturbing guys or whatever. Um, you know, oh, he's a nice guy, blah blah blah, showing these parents of the victim, and. Um, the guy is really disturbing. Like he's he's to me, he sounded a lot like Warren Jeffs from uh the Keep Sweet. Just the way he talks is like I agree. smooth, soft. Like you just mm-hmm. need to you just need to obey. You just need to do it now. Like that's how it sounds. Like it's really creepy. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I was not prepared for, for you to do all that. Like I was not <laughs> You need to listen to the prophet. Like that's how it sounded. For I know um, all, I know all, honey. It's gonna be okay. Oh my! It's not nothing. Nothing was ever okay again. Like no, seriously, nothing nothing was ever okay. Um, and so, and so the the crazy thing is, this guy is married. He has this wife named Gail, and she's like really. Hey, Julius, I just got a comment that says that people can't hear you. Oh, really? Oh, no. What? One of my friends that's watching uh, sent me a message that said that she can't hear you. Oh. Hmm. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. Um, Everybody that's, anyone that's listening in the chat, can you, can you hear me just fine? Can everybody hear Julius? In the chat? Vibe check chat. 
Man, you just you were just given so much too. <laughs> you were given so much life and body to that. And then it, it I like, know. Oh, I was... <laughs> and then it's like, yo, oh, guess, guess what, buddy? I know. Guess what? Nobody heard a word you said. Which oh. is to which is to be expected. Like, god dang, really? Really? It's gonna be like that. Um so anyway, yeah, apparently on YouTube, I'm fine. I, I, I have a, um, a tab open okay. with, with our thing going. So Okay. Maybe it's Facebook? Maybe Yeah, maybe it's Facebook. I don't know. Whoever is watching this and maybe can't hear him on Facebook, maybe give it a shot on the actual YouTube link. See if you can actually hear him there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, uh, where was I? So, anyways, so he so he particularly targets this one family, in particular this one little girl. Uh, thank you, uh, Sour Patch. I think that's Trish. Um, thank yeah. you for letting us know. Um, so the guy ends up targeting this one little girl named Jan, Go and on. her fa- and her family, and <laughs> um. He, uh, <laughs> okay, this guy was very manipulative because he didn't just like target Jan. Like, he kind of, like, he did, like, he was very nice to her, you know, giving her gifts, writing her letters, which was a little weird. Like, which would have like... immediately have bothered me, but I mean, okay. <laughs> He also like he like took her horseback riding and like was like, hey, you should come over and eat with my family. No, not the rest of your kids, just you. (laughs) Just you. So it was a little weird. And I think I'm 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 trying to give the parents the smallest benefit of the doubt before I like totally go in on them. But like they um maybe they thought like, well, he's in the church. Um, this is the seventies. So like, you don't really hear a whole lot of stuff like this, like say on the news, like we'll hear about shootings and all this stuff nowadays. So maybe they're like, you know, he's well-respected in the church. Surely he's not, you know, weird. Like, I think it's a little weird, but maybe it's not too weird if he's, she's having dinner and he's taking her out horseback riding, whatever. Right. So, um, it starts, it starts getting a little weird because he's very manipulative, like very manipulative. And he starts wooing the mother first. So, like, oh, God. To, to get to Jan, he's not just making Jan, the little girl, like him. He is actually going after the mother. Like, he's, like, slowly seducing the mother. Oh. And, the, and the reason for this is... <laughs> the reason for this is so that... Uh, <laughs> um. So that he, so that he can, um, get closer wow, to Jan. I lost my train of thought. Yeah, to get closer to Jan. So like, and kind of like use it as like ammunition, you could say. So like later on or whatever. But, but like guys, like I, I don't, I don't know what kind of clips that Julius is going to play. <laughs> but there's a whole scene in the documentary where Birchtold, who is the guy, they call him B. Um, calls Jan's mom and is like, hey, you know, um, my wife forgot to pack me a lunch today. You know, I'm just working down here at my shop. Would you be kind enough to 
bring me bring me some lunch so she does which is a friendly neighborly thing to do like if your neighbors and friends with someone like you're on good terms like i would yeah i would take your wife a sandwich if she asked me to she was like yeah like quentin didn't pat me lunch and i'm busy i'd be like yeah i'm on my, on my way baby hold on let me do this real quick but like <laughs> but then like he sees her and he's like wow my wife is just i just <laughs> i just i just don't like having sex with her but you're pretty though like and she, <laughs> and she just falls right into it like it's nothing like yeah. it's nothing she's like oh my goodness do you really like my legs and i'm like sorry <laughs> And, and and it's crazy because she was like, she was like, oh, like my husband, Bob, like, <laughs> like, you know, he's really sweet and everything, but he basically she's like, he doesn't like, like touch her the way she wants. Like stuff. essentially she, and she says this in a documentary, guys, like he's good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this isn't even the crazy part. We're not even close. Like we haven't even gotten to that part yet. We really yeah, haven't. We have it, but um, yeah, she's saying this in the documentary, like, you know, he he's not pleasing her, basically. So she was like, "I like the way like it felt." It <laughs> like, was and stuff. what was what stayed with me was when she said it was exciting for me. <laughs> I was like, "Damn, Marianne, okay." <laughs> and 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 she was like, "Well, we didn't have sex." that time but <laughs> uh, we did we did everything but have set but okay but this scene guys that we're talking about that happens like the affair that happens with these two happens after a discretion between birch told and her daughter jan so like something right. has already happened between them that would make anybody be like, well, you better get the fuck away from me. Don't don't come to me. Don't come to my children ever again. They were like, oh, Bob, it's fine. No, it's Bob. It's fine. It's Bob. <laughs> like he's already been like inappropriate, like kind of inappropriate with Jan and oh. stuff. <clears throat> but then, um, <laughs> so he's wooing the mom. He's kind of wooing jan right Which and then and then we get to the part that took me out of my work he starts wooing the dad so bro he's got the whole damn family he's got the mom <laughs> jan and the dad wrapped around his finger like boy and, this man must have had a magic schlong because i couldn't imagine <laughs> a magic street but and guys but, but y'all like <laughs> but the wife didn't know that he had a thing with the husband and the husband didn't know like he was just smoothing through there snaking around just doing right. all this shady shit and nobody he, knew nobody knew that they eat they're all living in the same house and neither of them knew that they were all like that they were having like an affair with burst hold <laughs> and so i got this one clip i gotta show y'all because oh. talking about it won't do it justice <laughs> i have to show you <laughs> i have to it, I have to. So just get get ready. This is when he is. Um... Oh, God. Oh, no, no. <laughs> this is when he is going to be uh, basically um, wooing the dad. So that's exciting. I'm like trying to get the best little thing here. All right, here we go. 
sexual field, but he did not have uh, a good relationship with his wife sexually. One day, the store, and I could tell that he was extremely disturbed. He says, "Are you free? Let's go for a ride." <laughs> He says, I, I cannot stand my wife, and I, I need to have sex. I could see that he he was sexually aroused. Why did he laugh? Did you hear that? Can you give me some relief? We were laughing, and he said, oh, Bob, it's just kid stuff, and I've got to have relief. So I was dumb enough to reach over and relieve, relieve him in an act of masturbation. <laughs> okay, okay, so first, so... <laughs> Watch to unpack. So, like... the very... <laughs> for me, it's the, I leaned over and gave him relief in an act of Masturbate. Okay, no, master. No. Like. <laughs> yeah. Okay, for me, so first off, first off, um, you give him a hand job. Because masturbation would be like, you know, like you doing it to yourself. That's like by the nature of the definition, like what it's supposed to be. So you just call it like you see it, Bob. Tell me what you did, Bob. And also, it's like the look on his face. He goes. <laughs> <laughs> Like what's a what's a guy what to do? Is, what's a guy to do with his best buds? Like touch yeah. my pee pee. Yeah, <laughs> touch his pee pee. You have a friend in need. I mean, <laughs> what? What? Yo. Yo. you got a friend oh, in need. <laughs> you not giving his wife the touch she needed, but he was giving Birchold the. He's giving burst hold the good old. Yeah, so if anyone like couldn't hear, I don't know. Like, um, yeah, so that's crazy because um, and I made sure there's captions on that. Um, but yeah, straight up took a ride out in Birchold's like, yeah, I need relief, man. Like me and my wife just not having sex and blah blah blah. Like, can you relieve me? And Bob's like <laughs> Bet. <laughs> Bet. <laughs> Bet. <laughs> Let's go. So, and I don't even know why. Like, he's just like, hey, man, I, why, yo, why are you aroused? It's just kid stuff, man. I'm like, wait. Well, bro, I have, no. yeah. like, I have questions. Like, you just driving around, and you just yeah. look at me like, look what I got. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Sorry, no. For I'll be, bro. I'll be vibing with Charles sometimes. I'm like, oh, why are you? Why is that like that? And he's like, I don't know what just does that. And I'm like, you quit. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, he's like, he's like, I can't. Like, I can't. Mm. And I just, I can't. I couldn't imagine like being in the car with my buddy, my best buddy. Asking my best buddy how his day's going, and best mm -hmm. buddy's like, "Oh, oh how, did, how did that get there?" Hello. Oh my goodness! How long has that been? Gosh, we should just.
talk it out with our hands. Like, sir. Sign language? No. 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 <laughs> no. Now what you're those, saying that. What those fingers do, Bob. <laughs> what that fingers <laughs> Yo. Bob, poor Bob. Yo. <laughs> Yo, that took me out. That took me out my work. I was like, that's the he, thing that took everybody not, out. Like, he did every, not just say that. When anybody not. watches this documentary, that's what they reference is him going, I leaned over and I gave him relief. Yo, anyone? Every, everybody, everybody, <laughs> what, what's a buddy to do? Like, everybody, right. he references Yo, that. And anybody that watches Abducted in um, uh, uh, Plain Sight, look up the memes. Oh, my Lord. They'll be there. like the, the interviewer. There was one where it was like the interviewer was like, "What's uh, name one time you went above and beyond for a friend?" And it just shows him sitting there like. <laughs> Bro, Julius and I be texting, and he'll be throwing those the gif of that guy at me every chance he fucking gets. Like he's like, "I'm like, buddy." <laughs> Yo, that's best friends for life, right? Oh, so, BFFs. Oh my gosh, we should get matching like bracelets. But like, <laughs> and if you look at the beads close enough, it's got pictures of him like this. Just. <laughs> and also, and, all, and then like little oh. ones of birch, birch It's my relief bracelet. She's a toss. No, no, no. No, no, they're limes. <laughs> no, no, no. Like no, when no. I have water. <laughs> when I. Uh, but yeah, oh my god, but it's so crazy because it's like this dude, like there's so much wrong with this because already Jan, he he knows that something weird is going on with his own daughter. With he this does dude. know. He even he does not know about the wife. I thought, I thought this was pretty weird. Yeah. Like this is not common. And think about it. This is the 70s. This isn't like 20, I mean Let's be honest, this still would be kind of weird today. But at least like at least like homosexual sexual activity would be more um common today. This was also the 70s where people were all up in the church. Like this was not something that people did. And the whole like relief for a friend thing, that's even weirder. Like, what? I don't know what's going on. And so that took me completely out. And I had to watch the whole thing, and it just gets weirder. Um, and so I, wa I watched it the first time, and then thought it was satire, and immediately watched it again, and realized it wasn't satire. <laughs> um, it doesn't seem real. No, not at all. And um, and so this dude Birchold, he starts this like master plan because he's got the wife, he's got like blackmail basically. For the wife, he has blackmail for the dad. Hard for the dad, and that, yeah, yeah, because again, this is like taboo. I'm like even in the documentary, like Birchold would explicitly say, um, there were a couple of times where he was like, if you, basically, if you don't get off my back or you don't drop certain charges or whatever, I'm going to expose the husband. You know, as as a homosexual or oh, to bro, the they're, church. They're, 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 they're like, oh, we couldn't have that, so we just. We canceled. What? Wait. What was it? It was. It wasn't even the restraining order. What was it? It was something more than that. It was like um, they had filed the for kidnappings or something. Yeah, had filed for something because of Birch told legally marrying Jan. 
Yeah, in like and, Mexico. Yeah, and they filed something against him, and he literally was like, I'm going to out your wife for being a whore. I'm going to out your husband for being a queer. And I want to do all of this shit if you don't let me see my Jan. And they were like, oh, we can't have that. So we called our lawyers and had them not, like, void it. <laughs> and yeah. Then, and then we let this man, man, my daughter called me a queer. Go ahead, call me a uh, right. whore. You ain't getting Don't back take my daughter. Like I, did. I know. And this, this was is... like the second time he took her. Like, bro, he taken her twice. Right. So there was like, there was like a time where he just straight up took her for. It was like, how it was, it was long a, was it? It was weeks. It was a few months. Yeah, like he straight took her. It was supposed to be. I think it was the horseback riding, was it, or something like that. It wasn't, or it wasn't, or camping. Was it camping? I don't, okay, I, the, I remember that the I, original, the the very first time that he abducted her, he was taking her ho mouth. either horseback riding or to piano or something. Piano? To school? I don't remember. And he, t he was supposed to take her to somewhere, and he gave her allergy medicine. No, that was, that was the horses. Well, I don't know. I don't remember exactly the timeline of it, but he's kidnapped this little girl like three times. Yeah. And yeah. the second time he kidnapped her, he took her to Mexico and married her, and they were living in a mobile home. <laughs> this, yeah, this is y'all. This isn't even the worst part. There's aliens. Yeah, we got it. We'll get, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to the aliens soon. Um, <laughs> you, you guys are like what? But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he like he like kidnapped her, and he would give her like sleeping pills and stuff like that. And it was extra weird because they were they would call him up when he kidnapped her, and they were like, "Where's Jan?" And then he'd be like, "No, no worries. Like, I'll bring her back. Don't even worry about it." And then like a, a day would pass, two days would pass, and they'd be like, "Where's Jan? Don't worry about it, man. You know, I got her." And and keep in mind, she's like twelve. Virtual's like forty at this time, and they're alone. And not even to mention the very first time that he kidnapped her, um, that they didn't even report anything to the police for three fucking days. Like, literally, and, and whenever they asked the mom about it, she's like, oh, well, you know, we didn't want anybody getting all stirred up if he just had her out horseback riding. We didn't want to cause a big, huge fuzz. Like, we didn't think anything of it. No, no, this is a you white people shit. No, you want to tell me right now that you just tell me I'm wrong. You, so somebody, someone comes in and takes Russell and is like, "Yo, I'm gonna go on a vacation with Russell, just Russell, not your other kids, and not you. I'm gonna be back in like a week though." And then it's like ten like, days, no. and you're like, "Yo, what's happening? Where's Russell?" I'm like, "Don't worry about it." And you're gonna be like, "Well, golly gee willikers, I really don't want to bother the nice police officers of my nice Pennsylvania towns. So I'm probably just gonna wait a few more days." Now you're gonna be like, "Well, where's my kid? I said, right. where's my son? Where's my no decap having ass son? Where right. is Turn he?" Turn on your location right now. I'm coming. Right. You're like, why do you? I mean, not that I would have let him go in the first place, but right. Damn. And, the, and listen, these parents were extra tooth tracker. Right. Yeah, and these parents were extra weird too because even before the kid or before the kidnapping, he like he did this weird thing where he was like, "I have to sleep in Jan's bedroom, in your house," and he gave this beat. You know what? The clip will do it. Just I'll, I'll, I'll do the clip. I'll do you the said clip. hold on because what happened? You said you said hold on. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hold on. I, I'll just play the clip because 
This is some wild stuff. He had to tell Bob and I that he was being treated for the abuse he suffered as a child. He said, now, Bob, this will probably floor you. <laughs> I had sex with an aunt when I was four years old. It just blew my mind. He said to me, Bob, part of my therapy is to just spend some time alone with, with your daughters. Would you mind? And I said, well, no. And he said, you can call the doctor and ask him to explain it to you if you want to. And I said, no, I trust you. After Janet had gone to bed, just lay down by her. Neither one of us were comfortable with him doing it, but it was part of his therapy. Good. Listen for the waves in the background, and she starts caressing you a little faster now, and you can feel it, and it feels so good. It feels so good. She's caressing you very rapidly now, and you can feel it very rapidly. It feels good. Why did you say it like that? Why did you say it like that? You feel the warm, soft blanket, and the blanket smells good. They were duped in a terrible, terrible way. Well, our investigation determined that the guy was not a licensed psychologist. He had had his license revoked. And he is the one that gave Birchtold these weird tapes to play as he lay with her at night. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, part of, so he had this like weird thing where he was like, yeah, you know, listen, man, the, the, the reason I'm so weird and stuff like that is because this happened to me when I was young. And so, like, I need to do this therapy with your daughters. Is that okay? And they're like, that's cool. That's fine. Go ahead and sleep with Jan in her bedroom. It's fine. And then and she's like, and then the mom, you heard her say, she was like, well, neither of us were comfortable with it. But it was part of his therapy. So you accepted this stranger into your house, into your child's room, into her bed for part of his therapy, but didn't trust your own gut that told you that was weird as fuck. <laughs> but also, like, you found out later in the documentary that not only does he do this, but also he built a wall in this room between Jan's bed and her sister's bed. In their house, he built a wall in their house. Ugh. Oh, God. So it makes and sure, the, like... And then the creepy tapes were... Yeah, and then according, and, uh, according to the documentary, he slept there four times a week for six months. Four times a week for six months? Like, I'd be like, F your therapy. Like, <laughs> you're, gonna, you're a grown-ass man. Like, <laughs> But also, what kind of therapy is that? Like, oh, let me sleep in the same bed as your child? No, no. I know right. exposure therapy is a thing, but that's not... Then you should be sleeping in the bed with, like, a 40-year-old woman. He said that he had sex with a 40-year-old aunt, right? So yeah, then he should be crawling into bed with a 40-year-old woman. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like, why? Right. No way. It's, there's no way. There's. It's not okay <laughs> in any way. And that's why I'm like, yo, the parents are, like, blowing my mind here because it's like, how do you think any of this is okay one bit? Like... For this dude that they again they admit themselves that they're uncomfortable and so Bertrand's obviously doing things with 
Jan, right? <clears throat> and so we get to the first kidnapping when he takes her away for months and they're trying to find Jan. This is the first kidnapping where, you know, they end up in Mexico, getting married, all that stuff. And um, again, Jan's 12. So it's not like she has full understanding of like what's happening. This is someone that she trusted. He basically groomed her, you know, like, oh, I'm someone that you should trust and love. And I, I do great things for you. And I've shown he, you nothing but positive things, whatever. And he was like and a this, father figure. So she had right. that weird, like, fatherly love for him, and she knew what fatherly love felt like. So he twisted that into, would you actually love me? Like, yeah. you love me. Yeah. And she did, y'all. Like, if you watch the yeah. documentary, she is like, I loved him completely, entirely. Like, there was no one in the world for me but him. Like, I loved him. Yeah. And I remember at, like, one point when she was, like, an adult, she even said, um, the love I had for him felt the same kind it felt the same as love that i've had for others like in her adult life like it was like she loved this dude and so we get to the first kidnapping the first and, and this is where the aliens come in and this is his way of like the first they, one? i believe it was the first one because okay. the second one was like when she's older oh yeah so the so this is where the aliens come in and this is where it kind of takes a dark turn and so i do have a clip of the whole of the aliens part because it would be better to show you than to um i mean we'll yeah. we'll go we'll describe it a bit but yeah it's weird so here we go i had the sensation that i was moving but i was laying on a bed my wrists and my ankles both had straps around them. I couldn't move. This monotone voice kept talking in my ear. It looked like a little white intercom looking box that I could, I could see to the side of my pillow. immediately thought I'd been kidnapped by a UFO. I was in and out of sleep, really deep sleep. I woke up again. The restraints were off. I had been informed by the aliens, Zeta and Zethra, or their names, that I actually was part alien. My mother was my biological mother, but my father wasn't actually my biological father. I had a father from this alien planet. I was in the middle of a Christmas story that I'd heard every year since I was a child, you know, that, you know, Joseph was like my dad, you know, took care of Jesus, but really the father of Jesus was God the Father. <laughs> the mission was that I was to have a child, a child that would save the alien planet by the time I turned 16. The box said if I couldn't perform the mission, 
they had a backup plan. That was my sister Susan, that she was also half alien and half human, and that she would be she would be taken. So, so this is already like, I mean, obviously it's like super manipulative, but it's also kind of sick that ending too, because it's basically telling her like, whatever is about to happen, if you don't go through with it, if you don't have a child by the time you're 16 with, you know, um, then we're going to choose your sister, Susan which is the backup plan. And it's weird. Yeah. It's and also <laughs> the al the aliens keep going and telling her that she can't. So <laughs> the, the aliens tell her that, you know, whatever male companion. And so she freaks out and like she goes and she sees like Birch told all cut up and stuff, which we don't ever really find out how that happens. Whatever. He does it yeah. for like the plight to be like they got abducted or whatever. And she's like relieved because at least the male companion is someone that she knows. Yeah. But like, bro, like there's a part wherever he tells her whenever he's being expedited and like sent back to um, the States because he married a child in Mexico. Um, he's like, you can't tell anybody about the mission. Like, you can't tell anybody. You can't speak about it. You can't talk about anything mm -hmm. that's happened because that voids the mission. And 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 then everybody will die. And she's like a kid, and she believes this because why would you not? So she doesn't tell anybody. Yeah, <laughs> but, and so uh, that's that's like this great secret that she has to carry with her, because at this at this point, there's like a basically like a hunt for Jan. Like people are like looking for like they they got the right. FBI involved. And police and all this stuff, and so Bertrand is smart, smart enough to know that he get caught at some point, and so he tries to hold the BS with the whole like, well, we're in Mexico, we got married in Mexico, and see Jan, like, we want to approve us being married in the United States as well, so it's like legit. Which a she's a child, <laughs> and b he's already married. Right, like his poor right. wife, y'all. Like his poor fucking, he, and he has kids. He has right. children too. His poor wife and children. Right. That's the crazy part. So how would that even work? He'd be like, "Well, Gail, I'm going to divorce you for this 12 year old," because she's still 12. Oh man. At this point, she's still 12. Jan is still 12, and so like the parents are like at least smart enough to be like, "No, we're not going to allow you to marry." our daughter and all because this. Because why would we? Right. And oh, this part's really disturbing. Like kind of it disturbs me to talk about it. But like when they finally caught him and and Jan, right? They they were um checking Jan and you know to make sure she wasn't like abused um sexually and trigger warning here. Um and they found that, like, oh, there's no sign of abuse or anything. Like, even, I guess, her hymen is still intact. And the reason for that, Jan, Jan said in the documentary, what he would do is he would only, this is, uh, he would only, like, stick his penis in, like, just a little bit. 
so to not he did that on purpose so that he uh, wouldn't leave a trace right and And like like, i mean even if he didn't break her hymen or even if you know like she did it with a tampon or whatever like if you if you have sex like that like it can leave actual scarring it can leave imprints um Mm. so i mean you know he could (laughs) ah Maybe maybe because it was the seventies and they didn't have like they didn't have that kind of technology like or whatever. To, yeah, like to know how to really see the because even the whole concept of the hymen is is squirrely, like mm-hmm. you just mentioned with a tampon and all that. You know what I mean? So it's tampon like, sitting down too hard, coughing too hard, riding a bike. <laughs> exactly. So like even that's all like you know suspect and stuff. But he was doing that on purpose so that. You know, when they got caught, they were like, "Oh, it wasn't abuse." So, which is even grosser because that means because that means that he had enough intelligence in him to know to do that. That's disgusting. That's extra because that means that he's like he's not even just like raping her for the sake of raping her. Like he's literally thinking about it and being calculative with it while he's doing it. Yes. That's disgusting. That's yeah. worse. Super premeditation. Ugh. And Ugh. like, and so when they finally get Jan, like she's turning into like a different person. Yeah, like she's she, gone. She's emotionally like not really there. All she can do is think of him. And the, um, mission. the parent and the mission, right? She's trying to stay on mission. She doesn't want to talk about anything, all that stuff. And um, at this time, like, this was what we brought up earlier when um, Bertrand was basically like, you know what, if you don't have the charges dropped against me, then, you know, I'm going to bring out all your dirty laundry, talking mm-hmm. about the husband and all that stuff. And so they actually dropped the charges, which is crazy, because you think... <laughs> like, he, li- he, he literally, no- like, like, they know that he took their underage daughter to a different country without their consent and married her yes. and then tried to hold her hostage and yeah. they know that and they drop all the shit like and like there's like times where i don't know if this is later or during where they're talking to jan on the phone and they're like do you still want to you still want to marry Burchthold and all that and she's like more than anything I'm like, why would you even ask that? <laughs> I know, like, <laughs> ugh. And um, let's get us crawling. Oh god. <laughs> and so, you you would think the story end there. You think that'd be it, right? Like, okay, the parents made some bad decisions. This is a crazy side. He's clearly in jail. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know what? Even after the charges were dropped, you would think, like, listen, dude, we have nothing to do with you. Nothing. We want nothing to do with you. No. No. <laughs> no. Keep like, hanging out with them. Kept, they kept, families kept hanging out. And <laughs> Trish said, Stormy Night Podcast, second time in a row at Stormwall watching. Aww. We caused the storm. No, I'm playing. No, I'm playing. But um, but yeah. That brought out Evan. <laughs> Evan's like, man, that's <laughs> Yeah, Evan. <laughs> no, but um, <laughs> but but yeah. It, it, 
Um, but no, they keep hanging out with him, which is like, yo, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me. I don't know how the phrase goes. Anyway, whatever. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah, fool me five million times. Like with shame on me. Shame on. <laughs> fool me five million times. Hit me with a car. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> car of shame. Got yeah. car. Train of shame. Hit Train. me with. Seriously, like that. Because then Bertrand was like, you know what? I ain't done with Jan. Oh no, she's still in love with me. Even though they they a little wary. I know how to get this right. He starts wooing the mom again. And this time, oh, I forgot about that. Oh, this man. time, the mom fell fully into it, fully into it. They end up having an affair for eight months, and they're they're doing the thing. But y'all, <laughs> I just want you to know though that the mom is having an affair with the man who raped her daughter, and like. And it's kind of crazy. I can't even yeah. process that. Right. Right. He he kidnapped your daughter, took her hostage, all that stuff. Married and you're, her. And you're Married still gonna get her. Wooed. You're still gonna get wooed by this guy. Well, the husband has had enough, and husband leaves. He takes right. the kids, packs them up. They like go to leave, and then Marianne realizes that she doesn't want to give up. <laughs> I'm. It's not funny, but like. Yeah, yeah. I remember the husband like went to the pastor or something. I don't think he told everything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> he didn't tell him about the relief story. I'm sure. But um, <laughs> pastor was like, pastor was like, she on the wrong path, dude. You might need to divorce her. And he was. Oh like, yeah, he did get divorce papers. papers yeah. And, and yeah, but they end up they end up coming back together. Um, I mean, good for them, I guess. I guess. I mean, uh, they made them bad decisions together, and um, I want to know. Not, the the, not, not Tiff. They're really just stupid. Like if you watch the documentary, they're like, I, oh, I had no idea. Like, nah, that they're no, no, that they were just stupid. Like that's literally the only the only explanation for it. Like they're just dumb. That stupid. <laughs> yes. Hella stupid. It, well, listen, this is how stupid they are. They actually put themselves on camera for a Netflix documentary telling these stories about how they let their child go through all these situations and given relief and all this crap. Like, I would never. How, how they let this random dude build, build a wall in their house? Between I, their two children, like T Moonstone, her name is Tiffany. Literally, imagine somebody that you don't know going into your daughter's room and building a wall between their beds. That's disturbing. Like, why would you even allow that to happen in your house? Because he's snuggling up with Jan, Jam at night, Jan at night for his for his therapy. <laughs> for his therapy, like, who cares about your therapy, dude? Oh my god. So so Jan is a little bit older now. I think she was around like 15. Which is and still coming, not okay. But she's coming up on the end of when she needs to be able to f uh, fulfill the mission. Right. Because uh, I think it was 16 was the deadline. 
uh, to have a child, right? And she knows who the companion, the male companion is. And so between, so because the parents are a mess, like they're coming back together, all this stuff. Jan is like emotionally void. Their, their whole family's just a mess. Like even during the documentary, the sister, Susan, she just like comes in periodically. Bro, she, and is, she is tattered. She is. Yeah. She's just up. like, I don't know what the, the parents are getting divorced and Jan got kidnapped. Who, what is happening? <laughs> like, I feel bad for her, bro. Like, right. she is... because especially with everyone dealing with their messes, you know, that nobody's really thinking about Susan. Right. So Susan's she's not the overflow. Exactly. So she's just growing up just like, I, I don't, I don't even have parents. I don't have a sister. I don't know what's going on. Bro, taking fucking phone calls. Dead ass, like, Jan ran away at one point. And, um, right, ran away, and Birchtold didn't know where she was. And, um, that, like, mm. Jan called the house once, and, like, Susan answered the phone. And Susan's, like, screaming. She's like, it's Jan! It's Jan! And she's, like, so just erratic and excited to hear her sister's voice. I'm like, man, could you imagine like, the, the amount of trauma right like i i can't i can't even imagine and then birch told and rolled jan in the school as his daughter like this dude was crazy and, and and what was extra dumb um around the time she got like quote unquote she disappeared the second time um jan birch was like i want to take a trip with jan i forget the reason but he was like, I want to take a trip with her. Parasailing the, something? Sailing, I think, maybe? That sound, Yeah, that sounds right. And the parents are like, no. Which, I mean, obviously. I like, mean, thank God they did that right. Well, for a little bit. And then <laughs> Jan put up a fuss. Because she's like, it would be me. And then they were like, oh, well. We have right. to let her go. Bro! Her go. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god, I, for, I forgot about that. Like, she gets on the, she goes and she leaves. And the dad's like, now marry him. <laughs> He's like, oh, he's, <laughs> he's in the documentary, and he's like, I told Marianne, I said, <laughs> you did not I, said, I said, we have just made the biggest mistake of our lives letting her go away with him. <laughs> what? No shit! What are <laughs> but, the, but, the, but, but the mom was like, well, I knew if I didn't let her go that she was going to find her way anyway. Mm. Like you couldn't send cops after her to bring her but ass back? She's 15. Like, dude. <laughs> and she has a his, and this dude has a history. And she has a history with this dude. Like, no. Like, I'm sorry. Like, even the most, like, carefree, free spirit, open-ended parent should still be like, Hmm, your kidnapper yeah, and rapist? Mm, you mean the one that like almost like caused us to get divorced and like your dad and me and I had an affair with him? Oh, and did I mention your hostage taker and rapist? No. You know what? On this one, I'm gonna put my foot down. You know, like I don't wanna be that parent, but I but think I on this one. It's, it's justified. A no. <laughs> it's a no. You know, like, come on, dude. Like, what? 
And then so when she quote unquote disappears, right? They're all just like, yo, where's Jan? When's she coming back from that little trip you guys are supposed to have? And she's he's like, she's mm-hmm. with her grand oh, I don't know, she's with her grandmother. Yeah. yeah, they were telling people that she was like out visiting family or at church camp or some shit like that. Yeah, they were just were lying so through their teeth to people so that people wouldn't know. Oh, we sent him, we sent her on a vacation with her rapist. <laughs> right. I oh, forgot about that. Yeah, they, the people at the church and all that stuff. They'd be like, "Where's Jan? Oh, um, you know, with the grandma." Oh man, well at least she ain't with that virtual rapist, you know, pedophile guy. No way. Like, <laughs> that would be pretty bad, huh? <laughs> that would be <laughs> Bro! That would be pretty bad. <laughs> they talk about it for like 20 minutes. I know, really, I'm a... Man, if, if that happened with my child, I'm just saying, like... You know what I mean? Like, they know he took her. They know he took her. Like, the FBI was called. Like, it's not like... Like, this... That part is common knowledge at this point. Can we talk about Bertrand's brother? Because he said, he said, yeah, he said I was doing was a pedophile. I said, oh, yeah, that's right. right. He's like, I always knew Robert was a pedophile. (laughs) (laughs) He said he always liked them little girls. And I was like, oh, my God. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, because he was he was messing with their sister, I think, too. Yeah, like she was younger yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah I like forgot about that. Yes, their half stepsister or something like yeah. that. And he was like, but back in that day, we didn't have a word for that. We just, you know, whatever. I didn't help Bob none. But, <laughs> did, you, <laughs> did, you, did you just say that you knew? Know. But, bro, you <laughs> knew this this whole time. This man shouldn't be allowed to 500, 500 yards from a preschool. You're over Seriously. Here, and you're over here like, I always knew he was a bad seed. I know. Like, well, motherfucker, uh, I wish you would have told us too, buddy. Right. Oh my god. Oh yeah, that's wow. Disgusting. And then oh, also and then, like, on, on the vacation that vacation all I ever want. Okay, so while while Jan and B are living it up, he's like recording himself. And bro, like just the way that he talks to her and about her is disgusting. He gives her the nickname Dolly. And he's just like, he's like, I see my dolly and she's so beautiful and her smile is so bright. And I love my dolly so much. And then she's like, I love you too, Birchtold. In her like child, in her like child voice. They would have like um, recordings from when like the few times Jan would call home or whatever. And her voice sounds so little and stuff. And then he sounds like Warren Jeff. So he's he's over here like. Well, my dolly, I love you so much. And she's like, and she's like, I love you too, Virgil. Like, it's just like, ew. Like, I can't, oh. I can't wait to marry you, B, and be with you forever. Like, it's disgusting. It gives me chills. Yeah, it's freaking disgusting. And then, so like, so she's gone for months. And there's times when they're like calling, or, or B would still call the parents and stuff. And they'd be like, where's Jan? And he's like, oh, I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen her in like two weeks or whatever. Last I heard, she's like into drugs or prostitution or something like that or whatever. When obviously she's with him the whole time. And so eventually, I can't remember. Does he get caught again? Or does he bring her home? I think he gets caught. but I, I, I want to say that he gets caught. 
but I, I, I don't. You know what? I think he does get caught because he gets more kidnap. I, I, I looked down on my notes. He gets more kidnapping charges, right? And the crazy part is he gets out. He gets off because the judge ruled that he had a mental defect. And so they put him in a mental institution. And then he gets released six months later. Six months. (laughs) He kidnapped, like he took the girl twice. Six months later, he's out. He's out of the mental facility. And And wasn't wasn't she still hanging all over him at that time? Yep, she was still she was still like into him and everything. But the break, um, what I don't, I don't know if you're, I don't. I'll, I'll let you go. Never mind. What? Oh, I was gonna say, but what dissolved like in Jan's head that this might not be what she thought it was mm-hmm. was whenever she turned, she was sixteen and she was already scared, and she was at like a camp, like an actual like ch- children, like a fun camp, like doing something that she like a child would do, and. She oh, yeah. did. She um did something or other. She like thought somebody was attractive or whatever, and she was afraid that um the aliens like Zeta and Zethra were gonna find out about mm. it. And then like um one of her dog, one of her dogs had gotten sick, and her mom had called her, and like Zeta and Zethra had told her that if you know you don't do this, bad things will happen. Like people right. will you love will die. And her mom called back and was like, "Oh hey, by the way, the dogs are fine." They just yep. had, they just ate something rotten. Oh, happy birthday, by the way. She was like, the dogs are fine. It's my birthday. Mm-hmm. The world's not ending. So that was also what it was. If she didn't complete the mission, Susan was going to go blind. Yep. Like Susan. Oh yeah. Like Susan wasn't blind. Like all of these things that she had pounded in her head through, um, you know, like repetitive notions with her abuse were all falsified. Mm-hmm. And that's when she was like, wow, maybe maybe it's not true. Right. So that was like the breaking of that part of it for Jan. Like Birchall completely brainwashed this girl. Like she was totally not only in love with him, but she totally believed the mission too. Like she, there was at one point she said like she was thinking about like as the time was approaching, she was thinking about killing herself and Susan if need be like. She had all these crazy thoughts in her mind because she was getting scared that she wouldn't be able to complete the mission. And, like, just when she was hit with reality, like, as the days passed after her 16th birthday, she's realizing, like, maybe that was a lie. You know, like, maybe this isn't, like, real like I thought it was, you know? And so, um, so, like, she's eventually like starting to take back her life and her mom, I believe. Yeah. Her mom ends up writing a book surrounding the events that happened and um, to kind of like together her and her mom are kind of like telling people like what happened and stuff like that. Mind you, Bertrand's still free. Like he's still out there. Like he is not in prison at all. And this is really weird because you would think like if someone's like, yo, there is this rapist in our community. There is this pedophile guy in our community. You think like if you were that dude, maybe you'd like I don't know move or something. You would think. 
Right. But but no, he didn't. He actually would like go to the events and like go. Yeah, like harass would, them. Yeah, he would like go and like ask questions and stuff to the point where like she had to get security from this like bike gang. It was like I forget what they were called. It was like a biker gang that like helped victims of child abuse and stuff didn't like that. Didn't he like hit one of them with his car? Yeah, yeah. He yeah, he like hit he like um there was like this big altercation and Birchold ended up getting um arrested for possession of a firearm. And so and so even though Jan and so like even though Jan had already like did a restraining order she, for stalking and all this stuff, like he is still obsessed with her. Like he still wants to be part of her life and it's sick. And so he gets arrested for possession of a firearm. He actually has a day in court and um, he's actually found guilty, which is kind of like new for him. And I actually have a clip uh, to go off of that. And here it is. You got to come back next week and we'll send it. Oh, that's Bershold's brother. brother. One day in prison, it's going to kill me. I'm not going there. He had taken all his heart medicine and drank Kahlua and milk. And he drank that and died. He committed suicide. killed himself. I just felt a number of emotions. I cried and I felt completely sorry for all of the people that his actions had affected. We have had six women contact us to tell us that they were sexually assaulted and abused as little girls by Robert Birchtold. He actually was found guilty of rape of child in the case of one of those girls and spent one year in jail. One year. That's wild. Bro couldn't even <coughs> face the music. He literally offed himself. So I after wanted him all to of that. Up in prison. <laughs> I know, like after all of that took his own life and then for me it was even sickening to hear that there were other women that came out and said what he did to them and for him and actually being convicted and only spending one year one year in prison for For ruining someone's life that's insane that's insane and so, like, um, you know, Jan and <laughs> I know, right? Like, after <laughs> all that, like, I know, right? <laughs> One year, that's it, right? Mm. Like, and so this basically wraps up the documentary, which is not a happy ending. No. <laughs> um, Jan is obviously an adult now. You saw her. And she's doing her best to heal she still has mixed feelings about him um the mom and dad are are basically just trying to like 
get over like the decisions they made and like god bless jan because she was like at one point she was just like i know my mom and dad are like going through like a rough time with all the like the decisions they made and stuff like that and i was like my god like how i i don't know how jan is able to just be like like she's still caring about her parents that much she loves them that much and she's still like i don't want to see them like suffer for like the decisions they made even though she was directly affected yeah no fuck that whenever i was an adult that <laughs> i would have realized like what they had allowed me to go through i'd be right. like okay fuck you and fuck you and uh i'm out your life bye you, yeah, you, didn't, you didn't know how to parent enough to parent for me and right. uh like oh my gosh like thank god that oh susan first hold also burnt down um the dad like ran a flower shop bob did oh yeah and he, like, he like committed arson and burnt down his flower shop was never found convicted of that either like oh, yeah, oh he, my god he hired some dudes they, like go to... burn the to burn down the flower shop. I forgot about that. I don't know why I thought of that. I, th I think because I was thinking about burning. Like I, I was like, damn. <laughs> They're like, thinking of burning. Like, burning those bridges. Burning. Like, cause fuck y'all. No. All yeah, you had seriously. to do was be a decent parent. Right. I know. Like, in, in the, it gets weird because even if, like, Jan, I don't know if she's married or not or, or has kids or whatever, but even if she did, like, like that's just so awkward to be like like oh can the um your parents are like oh can can our grandkids like spend the night at our house or something like that or come over or something and it's just like i feel like i have to supervise every moment because like dear god what like what will you allow right like you did so much for virtual but not your own children that <laughs> so much that's my trauma right there that's my <laughs> personal childhood trauma right there mm -hmm. so much oh my god tiff said no hell no they can't never have any kids around them mm. bro i agree take susan take the, i don't see how did they keep custody of their kids now that i'm thinking about it how were they allowed to keep custody of jan and susan at that point that's true Especially after the second time, like damn. Right, like he legally got like, married to their underage child. How did they even get? How were they even allowed to do that? Like even at one point when they were showing the FBI agents, they were like getting frustrated. They were just like, "Yeah, they dropped the charges, and then she got like kidnapped again, and they called us, and we're just like, I mean, like fuck y'all, respectively, <laughs> fuck you all. <laughs> like, what do you want us to do? <laughs> like, I, I wonder how much they told the CIA agents too. I wonder if they told them that they were letting Bert Schold sleep in the bed with Jan. Like, I wonder if they told them, you know, that Bert Schold was building a wall between the. You know, there's so many moments that I'm remembering now that I'm talking about it. Like, there was mm -hmm. like a time they all went out to dinner together, mm -hmm. and um, they were like staying at a hotel because they were out of town. And he drugged Jan. And Jan was like oh, yeah. like swaying at the table and he was like, Something's wrong with this child. That child is not well. I'm gonna take her upstairs. And then he like instead of her mom or dad taking her upstairs, Birch told carries Jan to the hotel, puts her in the bed and then proceeds to be like naked. I don't know what he does with her, but like, oh, yeah. he says that she remembers him being naked. 
Like, yeah, she, she woke up and her panties were like at her ankles or something. And yeah. you, I forget mm-hmm. the reason he gave. He said something like, Oh, you must have like wiggled mm-hmm. out of them in your sleep. <laughs> she was 12. Like, geez. bro, for the reason, for the reason that I, I do not sleep in underwear is because I will wake up with that shit up my crack. And I don't want that because that goes up, not down. You ain't wiggling. <laughs> you ain't wiggling out of your drawers. They're going all up there. That was your public service announcement. PSA. PSA. <laughs> underwear. Under, underwear goes up, not down. Not down. So therefore, Bart told you a scrub. <laughs> And, yeah, then the, so I, and, then the, and then the fact that he just fucking offed himself. I know. I was literally about to, to just say that. I was literally about to. That's the, that actually is the stuff that pisses me off in general when you hear about like school shootings or like just any all these cases where they end up like taking their own lives. I like. I'm just like, yo, face the fucking music. Like, don't be a coward. You you're are gonna a do all, You're gonna do all that, and then you're gonna no, 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 no. Like, get out of here. I, uh, I can't stand it. Ugh. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, but I wish, yeah, I wish I could tell you that it's going to get better. But it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I know. So, that was abducted in plain sight. Um, you know, the, I mean, the title says it all. Abducted in plain sight. Like, there were so many plain, visible in your face red flags and nobody none of the adults were uh calling out on that so i don't even know how Bertrand was able to get away with 99 percent of what he was able to get away with <sighs> but that's crazy but now we are going to take our journey from the 70s to i believe the 90s so it's a little bit Nineteen ninety-one. Nineteen ninety-one. Oh, it's cr- oh, it's crazy, Moonstone. Like even though we went over it, it's still crazy. Like, yeah, still- like we miss stuff. It's gonna blow your mind. Like Jan's clearly traumatized. Um, the next the next story that we're going over actually it's kind of interesting because you see the two different sides of this mentality. Like one, like Jan is clearly trauma. You good, bud? Um, Jan is clearly traumatized. Like, you can see it in her face. Like, she will never be okay. Mm-hmm. And the next person that we're about to talk about is, like, doing fairly well for herself considering what she went through, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, so, this is the story of J.C. Dugard. Dugard, I think I'm saying her name right. Dugard. Dugard. And um, do you want to do you want to try to intro this one? I mean, you know more about this one than I do. I only watched it once. I but... sure will. Sweet. Okay, so the J.C. Dugard st- story is actually something that's kind of close to my heart um, because it was one of the very first documentaries of its kind that I ever watched, and it's always stuck with me because of how much it horrified me. And also, I had just got out of an abusive relationship myself, and it was just nice to see somebody come out of come out of that 
Um, so J.C. Lee Dugard, who has like a beautiful name, like that really is like a fairy tale type name, was 11 years old whenever she got abducted from walking from her house to the bus stop. Um, straight up, a dude just like reached out and snagged her. Which is what we're all like taught as kids, you know, don't go running off because someone's going to grab you up. Like, that literally happened to J.C. Dugard. Yeah. Did um, he, like, tased her or something? He, or? like, tased her, yeah. Yeah, like, random. Um, this happened in California. Uh, so... This is another... We, we, the reason that Julius and I have been... Picked these two stories... Is because they're extremely revealing stories about how the system has failed youth in America. Mm-hmm. And it's more and more apparent when it comes to cases like this. Like, why did nobody step in and do more for Jan? But also, considering that abducted in plain sight was in, like, the 70s. Yeah. And the J.C. Dugard story is in the 90s. I am even more infuriated by this because that means that this had already happened. Like, this this case had already happened and been resolved. And somehow, what happened with J.C. Lee Dugard still happened in the 90s. It just doesn't make sense to me how yeah. we still were that far away. Um, so, Philip Garrido is who abducted J.C. Lee Dugard. And to give you guys a little bit of insight to how bad the system failed J.C. Lee Dugard, um, there was a agent out to check his house because he was a registered pedophile and sex offender 60 times, 60, 60 times during the amount, during the length of time that J.C. was imprisoned underneath Philip Garrido. 60. 60. 60. They failed her 60 60 fucking times. 60. So he's a registered child uh, sex offender. Registered. Registered. Like it's known. Like like people knew. Yeah. So he believed that he was like a prophet and that he could hear God's voice through music and through the walls. And he said that he was going to, like, sing and that his singing was going to, like, bring forth the second coming or whatever. And there's, like, videos of him. Please re- please remind you that this dude is a registered sex offender and child pedophile. There are videos of him singing on a park bench at a playground with children, like, ten feet away from him. And I, I have that clip. <laughs> oh God, he's good. Because I was like, you know, here we go. Philip Garrido, in a video obtained by ABC News from the prosecutors, he is singing one of the songs he wrote. He told everyone he was a musical genius on the verge of a big break. He also calls himself the witness rambling on about the Bible, saying he was chosen to hear the voices of demon angels in the walls, in the ground, and that he will save the world. And doctors in the parole system know about him. He's even given medication, and everything he does is supposed to be monitored. 
His first arrest was 1972 for raping a 14-year-old girl who was too afraid to testify, so the case collapsed. Five years later, in a rented storage container, he raped a woman for eight hours who managed to escape. Because of her, he was sentenced to 50 years in prison, but he was released after a quarter of that sentence was served. Can we please take rape seriously? Like, can, like, can, <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing, but it's just like, like, can guys. our justice system take rape seriously? He raped a woman for eight hours. It was given a twenty-five-year sentence that he didn't even serve. And like, you all saw the clip of him singing, right? Like, literally, he's at this tree strumming his guitar, and literally ten feet away from him, there are little baby kids. He shouldn't be allowed within a thousand feet of Seriously. anything that has children like that. And he's just there vibing, singing. Yeah, like you can literally see like some guy holding, I'm assuming his baby, like putting the baby in a, a slide or something like that. Like, and you know what's even sicker? The person taking that video was his wife. Oh, yeah, Nan his Nancy. Nancy. His wife. His wife. Bro, Nancy. his wife is just as fucked up. Because there's like a part, yeah. like later, wherever he's struggling in the guitar, he's like, did you get that scene? And she's zooming in past his head at the children that are playing behind him. Yes. She's like, yeah, I can see it real good. Yeah, she's she's literally with him to take videos of children. She would go and like scout girls out for him. For him. She would scout girls for him. Like when we talk about JC being taken and held hostage at his house, the wife is there. Oh, she knows she helps. Like, when JC's being kidnapped and struggling, what? like literally, his Nancy Garrido is holding. Nancy Garrido is the one that's holding down JC. Like, it's it's insane to me. You can't... I. So, we haven't even gotten to the meat of this story yet, and my blood's already, my blood's already <laughs> boiling. So, JC's 11 years old. She gets kidnapped by Philip Garrido. He has her in, like a metal storage container. Well, mm -hmm. the way that it was described to me, I feel like it's like the, it, like the metal thing of a semi, but on the ground. So something kind of yeah. like that, maybe smaller. So yeah, something like that. He yeah. has her in that, which is in his backyard. Oh, also he has a, he has a, <laughs> he has an ankle bracelet on to monitor him so that, or like a tracker or something on to monitor him. So whenever he goes, he can't go to schools and stuff, you know, cause he's a registered sex offender. So, um, the, like the police can see on their scanner, like what his, his movement and where he frequents. Okay. Guys, it gets crazy. So, they never once thought to question this motherfucker about why he's spending so much time in this creepy shack in his backyard. Like, they literally show a picture of where he frequents. Like, like with dots and everything. And there's, like, all these red dots right here 
that's not in his house. Um, and no one checks. <laughs> so, um, JC is 11, I think, still when she gets pregnant the first time. Yeah. The first time. The first time. First um, time. She doesn't really know. And he, also, she doesn't really know what sex is because she's like a child. Um, sex is Ken and Barbie. She literally doesn't know what sex is. And Philip is like doing sexual things with her. Um, so she gets, she gets pregnant, um, which, so I think she gives birth at 12 to her daughter alone. Knows nothing about pregnancy. Uh, they say that they gave her a TV so that she could watch like motherhood stuff on TV Mm -hmm. and they gave her like mother books, but she didn't even know that she was in labor when she went into labor because like, what is labor? Um, so she has her daughter by herself without medical assistance alone because neither of them were there in this, in this thing, in this backyard. That's baby number one. Um, and she said that she was actually comforted by her daughter's presence because, because it gave her something to invest herself in. She wasn't alone anymore. Yeah. Cause Um, she was like alone a lot. Like Even, she talks yeah. about how lonely she was. Like she made friends with like a spider and a cricket, and she would fall in love. Philip would bring her fucking kittens and then kill them to show her how easily he could take her life away. Like yeah. fucked her up, buddy. And and it was and it was so sick because like even though she knew that Philip was bad toward her and he was crazy because he would talk crazy to her about the mm-hmm. voices and all this stuff and he, would, and, he and was apolo- heavy in drugs and apolog- apologize why while he was raping her and yeah then, until it got to the point where she would be comforting him right so like <laughs> so, so <laughs> he would be like even though he was such a horrible person the fact that she was alone so much even his companionship was like I'll, I'll take it to a degree. Nancy like at least too. he's like talking to me. Yeah, Nancy would come. Um, there was like a time Philip took a trip somewhere. I don't remember why or where, but took a trip and then Nancy would come sometimes and like talk to her and whatever. It's just so weird. It's so weird. Like, you know your husband is like, uh, you gotta be crazy too. They're both that shit. Yeah, oh, you, you have to be nuts. Like so, so JC writes in a little journal, you know, um, about what she about things that she sees and does, and like you see like little entries from her journal throughout the documentary. But uh, I think at one point Philip saw her writing her name, like signing her name, and told her that her name was not JC Lee Dugard anymore, and oh, gave yeah. her a new name. So in defiance of him, she wrote her name on little pieces of scrap paper. And would keep them. That way she would never forget her name. Which. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Like out the level of, of that. Um, oh god. Uh, Just taking her identity. So then JC gets pregnant again. I don't remember how old she is. When she gets pregnant the second time. Um, but she also has that daughter. Alone. Mm-hmm. You know in this metal box. Um, with no medicine or anything. 
Which also, and I was doing some research, so the girls never went to a doctor or anything until JC got free because how could Philip oh, wow. explain these girls? That's crazy. Philip had no way to explain these two children that had no medical records, no birth no birth certificates, no licensing. But these two girls did not exist. And uh, and it was crazy because like JC like she she loved her daughters and she, you know, so much. felt like she finally had like, you know, more companionship and stuff like that. And then it gets weirder because at one point they tell her that Nancy is going to be known as mom now. And they know that Philip is the dad and they're going to call JC the like as if that's their sister. Which is terrible. Which I mean, that's awful. their mom. That's their mom. And so you have these two little girls that are being raised in this like weird <laughs> just crazy household. And for me, it was getting wild too because like they started getting so confident um, that they wouldn't get caught because so many years were passing by. I think it was like 18 years total, something like that, that JC was with these people. And at one point, they even took them out to a carnival. Like they're in public, like as like a little family and stuff. And you might be like, why wouldn't JC like run or why wouldn't she say anything or whatever? And it's like, number one, she has her two daughters there. Like, it's kind of hard to just run away and leave your own children. But the other thing too, is like, she's still being really conditioned just like in the abducted in plain sight documentary where Jan is being conditioned. This is the world that she knows now. And so even though it's backward and weird and stuff like that, like Philip made a point, just like with the kittens of showing her, like, listen, I'm going to take away your identity. You are not JC anymore. I can take away your life. I can take away your daughters. So like no one's coming to help you. Seriously, no one's coming to help you when you got parole officers coming in, <laughs> coming into the house, like even at one point, she said that she talked to a parole officer. She talked to one. And, like, he's just, like, not questioning, like, who is this kid? I forget what they said. I think they said, like, she was... That that was their niece. That was, um, right. that was his brother's children. Right. And the parole officer's like, oh, okay. Even okay, though you're a registered sex offender? We're going to let you around your brother's children? That's okay? Like, right, you would think they would like call the brother up or something. I think you know. I think one of the investigators said that too. Yeah, he, like when they were like he was investigating, he, he was like, he was like, why wouldn't you just I talked to the chief or something, mm -hmm. and he's just like, why wouldn't you just call the brother up, be like, hey, does this do have your children? Oh, you don't even have children. <laughs> okay, put them in jail. We're, we're done. And um, like, but yeah. Ugh. But guys, they're also like the neighbors are like, "Hey, we see young children playing at Philip Garrido's house, and he's a registered sex offender." 
So then after, so they sent people out to look and they still never looked in the backyard. They were like, yo, we see young children playing in the backyard. Please go look. And they never even got to the backyard. They walked in, did a like Yui around the house and were like, yeah, yeah, this is good. I'm leaving. Yeah. Like, like neighbors would call. They would call and say like, we're hearing all this noise and stuff. Oh my god! And and still, like, like, <laughs> I, oh, okay. But, I, but then Garrido put up a privacy fence, and that wasn't suspicious. <laughs> I know. What do you have to be private about? You're registered. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, come on. What do you? But anyways, yeah. Like, I got this. I got a clip. I'm, I'm gonna show you guys. Okay, this room here. This is video California parole officials don't want you to see. Philip Garrido, bare-chested and brazen, leading an officer as he checks out Garrido's house. The officer's face was blurred by authorities to protect the identity of one of the many who failed to see what was right in front of them. Okay, why is this door blocked? Can you move that out and open the door? The video is being shot by Garrido's wife, Nancy, who is helping her husband manipulate the visiting officer. What does the parole agent do for his parolee? Ma'am, you can come in office and discuss that. The other right, day, at an appropriate time. The other right day, now I'm doing a search. If you stay in this front room, and I don't have to place you in restraints, because right now I'm searching the house. Tough talk, but watch as the officer is distracted by the Garritos chattering about doing nothing wrong, and appears to follow the path Garrido lays out. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. I know it. Oh, he's an arrogant little guy, isn't he? The officer seems to escape the pestering and leaves. If he had just walked into the backyard, he could have found Jacy and her two helpless children. Instead, the Garita find new confidence that they can evade authorities whenever they want. Like, come on. <laughs> like, come on. Why? And again, he has an ankle bracelet on. So, like, why? Yo, um, Philip, you spend a lot of time in this area, but I'm not going to go over there. And like, like, and like, JC does the best that she can by her girls that they watch TV. She reads to them. But please note that she's like, she was abducted when she was 11. So she only has like a fourth grade education. Yeah. But she teaches them what she can remember. Mm -hmm. And like, oh God, y'all, it is the one of the most, I will never forget how infuriated that I was made by this because it's just. So, y'all want to know how it ends? Are you, are you fucking ready? So, Philip Garrido and his wife go, like, to a public campus and are passing out flyers for whatever, like, him being the witness. <laughs> and they bring, they bring the girls, all three of them with them mm -hmm. to help them. They're all standing there as a happy family of five passing out flyers and the second coming's coming. Make sure you're ready. The witness is going to take us all home. And then a campus police officer, a woman is like, wow, I'm getting some weird mom vibes from over there. I'm just going to go over here and check this out. 
So she meanders over. And she's like, "Hey, Philip, tell me about the witness. I want to know." So he starts preaching, and while he's pre while he's preaching, she's looking at the girl. She knows that they look up and look down, look up and look down, look up and look down. They're really awkward. Won't make eye contact, which is what you do if you don't have a lot of social structure. They've only ever been around the same four, three people. Like, they yeah. don't know anything outside of the four people of their house. So they don't know how to look somebody in the eye and have a conversation. Like, they're, they're clearly off. Something is off. Mm-hmm. So um, she's like, okay, I, I'm, a, I'm really interested in this. I'm going to go get my friend, bring her back over here, and then I want you to tell her what you told me. So the cop goes away, comes back with another officer. She's like, yo, like, this dude's shady. I don't know what's up, but something's wrong. I can tell. So they come over. They both get the whole spiel, whatever. Philip Garrido. They go back, and they just look in the database and see that this dude's a registered <laughs> sex offender. They just look and, him up. And they just look him up, and they're like, wow. He had a bun- he had kids with him, but they were children. Also, uh, J.C., which partially is because of the fact that she didn't get any sunlight, looks extremely young. Like, she's like, I don't know, like... 30 something and looks looks younger than I do. Like she looks like a teenager herself. So all three of these young girls and they're like, no, we got to go. We got to go check it out. Two college patrol (laughs) police officers were like, damn, that's weird. I don't like that. And they go out there and they look around and they bust Garrido with these three kids. Like, could you imagine, like, J.C. Dugard's mother, like, literally, it's been 20 years since she lost her daughter. And they get a call, like, hey, we found J.C. Oh, no, not her remains. Like, she's alive. How do you... And then J.C. Yeah. talks to her mom and is like, I have kids. Like... <laughs> and their mom's just like, oh, Okay. Yeah, that's insane. Like that's so that's crazy, bro. Sixty, sixty times, and they start like, go like they start investigating, like asking like, um, heads of the of uh, the parole officers and all this stuff. Like, what's going on? And like, no one really has an answer. Like, they're all just kind of like, well, I mean, they should have investigated more. They should have been more curious. And then it's like, well, did you, like, follow up and stuff? And they're just like, well, I mean, you know, like, in hindsight, I guess we should have, you know, done our job. (laughs) Because basically that's what it comes down to. I mean, I don't know. This is just me. But if I knew there was a registered sex offender living really close to me, I would like the police to do a thorough job when it's time to check their property. It's just me. I may be in the minority on this. I don't know. Take a survey. But (laughs) I'm just saying (laughs) that's what I would like. Like, fuck their privacy. What gets to me me is that even if the other, like, I don't know, 17 parole officer, whatever, didn't check that off, didn't check it all the way through. Whenever the neighbors called and said, we see young girls at his house, they are in his backyard. Please go look. 
and they yep. didn't even look at the fucking yard. They literally, hey, that building's on fire. But you ain't even gonna look over that building. You're just gonna go like n nobody else does that. Like firefighters right. don't drive past the house that's on fire. Y'all right. dead ass just said, eh, no, right. I'm good. And it's like this is why like, everywhere else she talked to one of them. <laughs> like, right. She was in the house. And this is why, like, listen, like I get, I get that being a police officer or whatever is a difficult job but it is a job that you signed up for people's lives are at stake people's futures are at stake and like honestly like there needs to be a lot more training there ne like there needs to be a lot more like accountability or something because this junk is not okay i remember when i told chris like i'd finally finished this documentary what what kind of sickened me like bringing it into 2022 was when the Evaldi shooting happened and learning that the police officers are standing outside there outside for a whole hour while the shooters inside like shooting kids and like like out of everything sickening around that whole current event strangely and this is just my personal opinion but like strangely for me that was like B besides obviously what happened to the kids that's the sickest part but that's like that's easily the second sickest to me that the police could have stopped that shooter sooner they could like why aren't you doing your job like these are kids like if i can't even trust you to go in to save my kindergartner what can i trust you for like you can talk about like you know, oh man, like we're getting, we're getting like bad raps or bad publicity, whatever. I listen, I understand. Like I have a parent that used to work for the police department. Like I, like I, I get their side too, but at the same time, like you signed up for the job, you got to answer the call. It's like being a fireman and being like, Ooh, that fire seemed hot boy. I don't know. Not today. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you signed up for the job. I don't know. It looks kind. It looks kind of mm. hot in there. I like, know. Do you? Ooh, you see the flames? Man, there ain't no song called "Fuck the Fire Station." Ain't nobody, <laughs> ain't nobody going fuck the firefighters coming straight from the under. Ain't nobody doing there, that. Yeah, there's no. <laughs> Fire nobody's doing that. Nobody's saying defund <laughs> EMS. Ain't nobody saying <laughs> that. Defund. <laughs> Man, you know, doctor, doctor, can you um, can you save this patient real quick? They're dying from a gunshot wound. I'd save them, but I mean, I oh, mean, I really don't feel like it right now. I mean, I, I'm hungry. I got a rumbly in my tumbly. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't really. <laughs> I just... Bro, bro, I saw this TikTok earlier, and it was like, Doc, is she gonna make it? This dude's like crying. He's like a pretty boy. He's crying. He's like, Doc, is she gonna make it? Doctor's like, probably not. And then, and then, and then stick it to the comments, and it's like she's gonna have to yeet herself. And I was like, no. <laughs> y'all got me fucked up. Okay, so the long, long story. Okay, but also I just want to say right. that J.C. Dugard has like the brightest outlook on life I have ever seen. 
Like, she's like, yeah. yeah, no, I love my daughters, and I love my life. My mom's fantastic, and I just got my driver's license, and everything's wonderful. And, like, you see her versus Jan, who is, like, clearly still a train wreck. And I'm just like, damn, man. Like, y'all didn't have to do that to these kids. Right. Leave the kids alone. Yeah, she... You said she's like 30-something or whatever? Let me look. She does look young. Here, I'll give you an actual age. Give me just a second. Um, Because she if she was 11 when she was abducted and she was with him for 18 years. So she'd be like, yeah, she's practically 30. By now, you know she's... She's 42. Wow. Oh, yeah, and I have a clip here. I, I, you know, I, th- I think it would be an is not to show um, JC. I mean, she's like just, just inc- how incredible. she's doing. Yeah. Okay, I'll show the clip here. Their dad did strange things and they knew it. They lived that way for so long that I don't really think it was that big of a shock to them because they knew their dad. It's interesting to hear you call him their dad. He is what he is. When you see his expressions, is it startling in your daughters? Surprisingly, I don't see it in them. (laughs) I see my mom. I see me. I don't see him. But she admits at the beginning she was worried that her own mom would have trouble with children fathered by that man. I don't see him in my granddaughters. No, it is not there. They are who they are, and they are so beautiful. And I'm very proud to be a grandma. I love those girls with all my heart. You don't even have to ask that, baby. (laughs) No, they're mine. And where are the Garritos they pled guilty? Nancy Garrido sentenced to 34 years. That's it. J.C. Dugard went to see her, was unmoved by her tears, and closed the door on her forever. And as we said, Philip Garrido was sentenced to 431 years. He sits on the Stop. same prison row that's as good, Charles Manson, in isolation in a tiny cell with a window covered with bars. Yeah, See, four, that's, like, that's the kind of justice I want. 400 something, that sounds about right. That's just the kind in case, of justice I want. Just in case they figure out some way to make everybody live longer. You know, they're like, listen a minute. Oh, did you hear about that new thing they got? That new coat? You can add 300 years to your life. He's like, 300. He's like, I'm going to. Ah, shit. <laughs> Give it to Garrido. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> <laughs> I know. You're going to be the test pilot, right? It's like, On his last yeah. day, they kill him. He's like leaving. He's like, do, 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 <laughs> 86. 86 pedophiles. 86. <laughs> 86. Oh my God. Yeah. So. The system needs to Justin. be fixed, y'all. <laughs> the system is yeah. broken and it's been broken and we got to fix it. Yeah. Like, even. um. I was I was looking up uh, 
Because when I I found out in the last one where oh how did I forget his name already? Birchold was sent to a men's, mental institution and then he got out in six months and stuff like that. They don't really have a lot of like mental institutions or stuff like that anymore. And I found that interesting. Like I don't know a whole lot about them, but like I, I'm I just find it interesting in general that there's not like places for and solemn. Right, because St. Augustine's home for the gifted. <laughs> right, because I mean, in general, now if someone does something wild and they, but they're actually really like something's messed up mentally, they just throw them in prison. You get put where... in prison and you have a therapist while you're in prison, but you're still in prison. Mm, like the okay. insanity, like the insanity plea doesn't do much for you. You have to be like insane. I'm talking like, like Philip Garrido, but like, almost worse. Like you have yeah. to be like, I don't know what I was doing. The voices told me to, but only once because it's Tuesday. He thought and he could my, fly. Right. And broke his legs times trying to fly. Like need some proof. And they might put you in an institution, but I mean. I wonder what the institutions are like nowadays. It's been a long time since I've been institutionalized. It was like I was in um, a psych ward for three day, five day. I don't remember. Five days a week. I don't know. It wasn't super long, but I was in there for uh, up to seven days. Um, whenever I was nineteen, mm -hmm. it wasn't that bad. But also, it was, like, the psych ward of a hospital. So I don't actually know oh, if it would be, like, an institution. Like a, I haven't right. been... Right. Closest to an institution I've been in was, like, one of those haunted ones that were, got shut down. and. <laughs> so I don't Let's think that counts. Let's find uh, the ghosties. <laughs> right, yeah, you go ghost hunting and crap. That's closest I've been. Um and obviously, I hear a lot of horror stories of mental institutions because, I mean, people didn't know about things back then. So, yeah, they're just like, what are you doing? Reading and writing? Which, uh, if you want to learn about uh, witches being burned, check out, check out our last episode uh, called Witchy, episode 18. The cheese. But, uh, <laughs> witchy, witchy the, molten cheese. The cheese. The cheese. Molten cheese, molten cheese. But anyway, um, <laughs> that's inside joke from last episode. But anyway, um, but yeah, yeah, we only tangent a little bit there. But uh, yeah, I'm actually really happy for JC Dugard. Um, like, she has her children, and she just sees them for them. She's not like, at least from what we can, she said and what we can tell, haunted. By um, them, uh, or by uh, Nancy and Philip through her daughters and stuff like that, and um, she has her mom. She has support and stuff like that. So, I actually found it great that it was like to me. It's a bittersweet ending. Like it's a happy ending in that she's like okay, quote unquote, okay as you can be, and stuff like that. Um, but it's not okay that it took that long. It's not okay. And I'm sure there are many, many cases, even nowadays, like, it seems like the people that need the most help are not helped. So, 
I mean, yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, Moonstone said that's a way better ending than the first story. And that's true. And that's part of the reason why, like, we put that one um, on the back end because it's like kind of like ending more on a lighter note. Even though I it's... feel like JC, I don't want to, I don't want to compare them, <laughs> but I feel like JC's story is darker. Right. And it's also longer. Yep. But I don't know. I feel like the way that she, like, her mentality is just. Not that Jan's probably not okay, because I'm sure she's okay at this point. But, you know. Um, mm -hmm. Just wanted to leave it with a little bit of lightness, because it's been a kind of heavy topic. But we, did, we really did want to talk about, um, you know, a serious issue today. And. Please, you know, watch Abducted in Plain Sight. It's on Netflix. It's, yeah. Um, and then uh, the J.C. Lee Dugard story, I literally just Googled it on YouTube and it showed up. It's like, Barb, not Barbara Walters, but Diane's, yeah. Oh, Sawyer. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, even the clips that I showed you from both of those documentaries, they're both on YouTube as well. Yeah. So, you can check them out for free uh, if you don't have Netflix and stuff. Um and yeah, I mean, like, even even another thing, like, another takeaway, like, especially from Abducted at Play's site, is, like, like if you're in charge of little ones, or you're a parent, or a guardian, or you got nieces and nephews, or whatever, I don't, I don't even care. Shoot, even if it's not kids, you got a friend. <laughs> like, just a friend. And you're seeing, like, yo, that situation is not okay. Like, it's okay to, like, kind of speak up a little bit or like you know fight for that friend or whatever um or the, you know little ones and stuff like that like it's okay like it, it's better like you don't have to go crazy at them but <laughs> it's better to like kind of is something going on you know kind of like with the campus cops in the jc dugard story like imagine if they had saw those kids and they were like it's none of my business though you know what i mean like they could have it's none of my business. None of my business. But they decided to just do a little bit of digging, and they saved lives. And so, like, if you see something that's kind of off, you see something that looks a little strange or weird, just, to, you know, just look into it a little bit. Maybe ask, ask a question. Or you never know who you're saving, who you're helping. Because in right. both stories, you have a case of these two girls that, of course, they want to be saved. Of course, they want to be free but they don't know how to be. And it's not any fault of their own. They're being brainwashed. They're being conditioned. They're being threatened. They're being taken hostage. All these things that happens uh, to quite a lot of people. And they just needed a hero to come in and swoop in and save the day. Why am I thinking of that dumb Nickelback song? Say hero, save us. Not gonna stand here and wait. Right, you shouldn't stand there and wait. See, <laughs> mine was I need a hero. I need a hero. He's gotta be strong. Oh man, why am I messing up the lyrics? I need a hero. He's gotta be strong and he's got something like that. But yeah, so I can um, be your hero, baby. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you can take every breath away. <laughs> Whatever music you want to play while saving people.
on no on your speakers. Hey, as long as you're I'm <laughs> as long as you're calling I'm choosing Thunderstruck. It's fine. <laughs> I'm choosing Thunderstruck. <laughs> Whatever your playlist is, <laughs> go for it. But uh yeah. But yeah. So, anyways, we probably gonna wrap up there, I guess. Wow, the, we haven't even hit two hours. This is a short show. This is a but first. um <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's because we were serious, you know what I mean? We didn't go all off an hour of tangents so that one guy who left a comment saying we <laughs> took us an hour to get to the title. You're welcome. Bro, somebody commented a couple episodes back and was like, man, this is boring. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> is it my eyebrows? I'm sorry, buddy. I don't know. You clearly missed the evil dice tonight. <laughs> you missed that. That was a boring. Oh, you're dang. Bo your face is boring. Oh, you're boring. You're you boring. <laughs> I know. What are you... <laughs> What videos are you watching? Like bums beating you up each other or something? It's <laughs> like, oh, this is what I need. <laughs> I don't know why it sounded like Nicolas Cage. <laughs> oh, this is what I need. Yeah. No, See it, bums. Like, no, he's still, like, he's still like Christian Bale. <laughs> this is what I need. Right now. You're, you're transitioning into Batman Joker territory at this point. <laughs> right, y'all. <laughs> Worsh. All right. Anyway, yeah, we're we're we're, we're, we're losing it. Uh, we're, it's unraveling. It. Right. It's unraveling. <laughs> I'm unraveling. Oh god. Um. But yeah. So if anyone has any questions for us in the chat, throw us at it. Throw them at us. Throw us at the chat. Go. Throw us at. The... <laughs> Even if you have questions about the documentaries that we just went over, um, didn't talk about kneecaps and random shit. Ah, oh, damn the kneecaps. I'm always forgetting. But um, but yeah, um, yeah. If there's anything that you guys want to know or ask, feel free to throw it at us, not throw us at the chat. Yeah. If you guys but have you any can... suggestions for what you know, you might want us to do next week. Let me know. Uh, actually, next week, I think, will be a pre-record. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm going to be gone next Monday, so it's going to be a pre-record. It won't be live. Right now, through um, the summer, our pod well, our podcasts are always on Mondays. Um, right now, through the summer, because Julius's kids are out of school, they're late night, so they're between 10 and 10.30. Um, and then whenever his kids are back in school, we usually do them a little bit earlier in the day, so like 1, 2 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, next, that's gonna be weird. But next week will be a pre-record. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe. probably pre-record. Because yeah. that's you know, yeah, that's that's something to consider too. Like even when the kids do go back to school, um, if you prefer the late nights or whatever, like I'm fine with it. I mean, it's whatever you feel like, honestly. Too, I mean, cause... I like I like sleep. I don't care. <laughs> my Mondays um, are supposed to be my day off. Um, yeah, but uh, you know that one of the things that we will be doing more of in the future is just like those crazy, some more crazy documentaries, and um, oh, I got some crazy movies that I'm gonna probably have Chris watch at some point. I still like, have my list of bad horror movies I have to watch. Oh my god. There's some wild ones. 
Oh, like Troll 2? Oh my god. The Happening? That, that is some bull. Oh, that's some homework that I don't even know if I could do. Like, actually watch that again? I'll watch it with you. Ooh. We also have to, you have to watch The Haunting of Hill House by Manners, that Midnight Mass, actually, so we can talk about it. I, yeah, I actually want to watch those. You should. Mandela Effects and Conspiracy Theories. <gasps> I like that. We did a Conspiracy Theory episode, didn't we? We did. We but, did I mean, we can do some more. <laughs> the Mandela I Effect, like I don't think we did, though. Listen, so. I got Mandela Affected hard the other day. Like, super hard. I'll tell you about it next episode. Hmm. Is that your phone? Yeah. Is that Shadow's Wake on your phone? Yeah. Oh shit. And then my 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 other background is the future cover for Sacrifice the Spring. Oh, nice. Very well, nice. I, I had a picture of my cat, but then I was like, I'm gonna Shadow's Wake on Amazon. Or if you've read Shadow's Wake, please leave a review. I had nine. I had. 12 and now I have 9. I don't know why that happened. It made me sad. <laughs> and also, we have Treachery, which is out on e ebook. Ebook and paperback. No. We have paperbacks now! We got paperbacks! You didn't tell me that! I don't know. It was, it was, yeah, it's out. Yeah. You should tell me! I'm a bad day. Well, I have, to, I have to order some now. We were working on the audiobook, but the narrators just have to um, the one who did Shadows Wake is she, on vacation because of her children. Yes. Mm -hmm. So probably when I the remember. summer's over, yeah. she'll be able to do treachery as well. But we got a bunch of crazy stuff in the works, so stay tuned and all that good. What? We stuff. haven't done that yet. We haven't talked what? about books. Like in general, or just what, like books that books like that. books like books that we like, like books that inspired us. Like we haven't talked about books on this podcast for fantasy world books that's true i mean if you i mean i mean we could talk about it a little bit even right now i mean if you wanted to since we're, we're not but we're on our this is like, right now yeah this is like the after show you know what I mean? all right so we already listen we already talked about abducted in plain sight yeah we already talked about the jc dugard story usually we go for like three hours anyway so like you know if you only came for the documentaries you can dip out whatever <laughs> bye but if you want to stay for the foolishness, then stay for the foolishness. But anyway, yeah. Books! Talk about them. Books! Yeah. Um, about them books. I love the smell. It's <laughs> a random comment, but who doesn't? The ink? You know, the paperbacks? Love to rub what? my fingers across the... You know the sound that it makes whenever you open up a hardcover yeah. book and close it and it goes thwop? That oh, yeah. <sighs> That's that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. So what's Smell. what's a, what's your top five favorite books? Or book series? Oh, that's difficult. But uh, well, top five? All right. Well, one of them off the top. Um, this is going to be a weird one. You know, we should go back and forth, honestly. Okay, sure. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, we should go back and forth. Okay. Uh, one of them, for me, is... This is going to be a weird one for people. They're going to be like, that's random. But uh, The Lords of Discipline by Pat Conroy. Okay. <laughs> it's about 
<laughs> Everyone's like never heard of it. Uh, it's about like this military school. It's actually based off of a real military school. And it's just like a coming of age book, you know, a bunch of dudes going through military school, learning to become men, blah, blah, blah. Now you might be like, what the heck? Why did that reach for you? Now you must understand a little backstory. Um, I grew up in a very, very strict, very, 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 can't stress this enough, conservative household. And I was told, uh, basically a man is like basically kind of like an alpha male kind of, of sorts. Like, you know, like the mm, women gosh. are beneath you. You got to be like this strong, da, 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 whatever. And I was, I knew like, even from a young age, I was not that person. Um, I mean, if there was a spectrum of masculine and feminine, I'd lean feminine, I guess. I, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not trans or anything. It's just, that's just who I am. And so. Why did you say it like that? I don't, because some people might, I don't know. So what, was that offensive? I don't, <laughs> I don't No, I genuinely want to know so I can like, I can no, like not. No, it wasn't. So, it was just, oh. it, I don't know. It just broke your flow. You were like, I'm just, fam I'm not trans <laughs> or anything like that, but because they're the, because they're actually the devil. But <laughs> no, no, no. It's just like, it's just like when you say things like that nowadays, I, I feel like because it's so much in the news and so much in like conversations and stuff. People just assume like, oh, this is where he's going or something, and I'm like, no, I'm just a more, I guess, effeminate man. Okay, I guess you could say whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I was like, but if that was offense, if that was offensive, chat, please let me know because I want to change I think it or was whatever. Good. Okay. Well, anyways, so when I read this book, the main character was similar to I identified with him because he's going in this military school. He's not some big tough guy, but yet he could still do all the things to become a, like, you know, this strong, respected, blah, blah, blah man, while still be in comfortable with who he is. So I felt that. I read that when I was like in high school and I was like, got okay. that. So there it is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Respect for that. With that being said, the tran no, I'm playing. <laughs> I'm playing. No. <laughs> You're like, no, I'm playing. I'm, I'm playing. Sometimes I would, like I'm to I would like to review my contract <laughs> fantasy world books. There it time. is. There I mean, everybody is else is leaving. I should probably never mind. Um. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh. No! Fatality. <laughs> Finish him. Uh. Doom, doom, doom. <laughs> you're doing like the anime thing. You're like. Oh, oh, flawless victory. <laughs> um, uh, anyways. Oh, wow. Uh, so one of my favorite books of all time, and I will always credit it as one of my favorite books of all time, even though it's got some issues. Like mm -hmm. I, I've reread it recently and I'm like, you know, somebody took a leap of faith on this dude and published this book. So you know what? I think I'm good. And it's just because, mm. like, I will skim through a book like that bitch back there and be like, that didn't need to be in there. Why did, <laughs> why did I write that from that perspective? That's right. weird. Why did I do that? Right. So, Firebringer by David Clement Davis. Um, First off, y'all haven't heard of it. That's fine. This book is this thick. 
And I really liked it because it was blue. And um, <laughs> I had a deer on the cover. And I was trying to get AR points in, like, middle school. And yeah. I picked, like, this big, thick book from, like, three grades ahead of me and read it the whole thing in like two days and but i really i was like obsessed with it like so good um that's one of the reasons that i love deer it's all anthropomorphic deer it's all deer it's it's like it's like i would kind of compare it to watership down or um uh red wall mm-hmm. um and it's very very good like it's deep and dark and there's like romance and lore and war it has one of the best battle scenes i have ever like i reading a battle scene like going so fast i would slow down and then read back through it i wanted to absorb it again but i was like yeah. it's one of those things that you're reading the book and like you're getting anxiety and you're like shaking and you're like sweating and everything's stressing you out because you feel like you're in the battle it was that like fucking incredible the character list is great the sub character list is great i give it a solid eight out of ten i would give it a ten out of ten but i'm telling you there's moments (laughs) where you're just like why did you say that like that because like um the deer his name is ronosh and he's like been um destined to save his clan of deer not even clan like all deer um and he like can feel things in the land and there's okay. this there's this part wherever he's like like going through a glen which is going to be where a battle takes place like a couple hundred years after he's dead like he feels that in the land which is super cool but the writer was like I don't know. He gave me he gives like a miniature history lesson, which is really out of place. It's like fantasy, fantasy, fantasy. History of Scotia fantasy. And you're like, like a big exposition. It's it's dump. just it's really weird. It's like a paragraph and a half of this war fought between two the these two sides of Scotia. And you're just like Oh, oh. <laughs> Awesome, but what about the magic deer? Like, Grand, I mean, but Grandpa so, lost so, it for a sec. So, eight out of ten. It's a really good book. I recommend it to anybody. It's good. Eight out of ten. Okay. Um, another one that had a big influence on me was uh, Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card. That's um, a good one. The separating the author from the work. I know people have issues with the author for things he said controversial things but i i as a rule separate art from the creator in most cases um with that being said um ender's game fantastic book solid i cannot speak for the sequels they're kind of trashy <laughs> but the first one is solid though um it's it's a very like science fiction book uh, about this kid who basically is it's like another academy kind of book <laughs> and um i must have a there's thing. a theme there's a theme going on i must love academy books but he's um but it's science fiction though and so they're basically training these young cadets to um fight this alien enemy and stuff like that and it sounds very basic but it's actually like really good there's like a really good twist that i will not spoil and um it's it, you know it's just this this kid kind of like coming into his own learning how to become like a leader soldier yeah there's a theme i guess yeah no it's good ender's game it's great i like it 
Um, okay, so as a blanket, as a whole, because if I sit here and pick, I will, I will give some individual books, but if mm -hmm. I sit here and pick apart books that I want, we'll be here for an hour on this series alone. Y'all know what's coming over here in the comments. A couple of you do. The Warrior Cat series. Oh, I bet I know. Yep. Because, yep. damn, there's, I mean, y'all know, there's like 60-something books. Like, I literally can't go over all of them. I can't. Um, for nostalgia purposes, I'm going to say that the very first book in the series of the, um, Into the Wild, which is Into the Wild, extremely good, very nostalgic. Um, your characters get your, like, you get your feet wet. In my opinion, I really think that, um, okay, I really do think that the first arc of Warrior Cats books is, I believe in the first arc supremacy. Like, there is something about the characters that, like, gives you something. The second arc is also good. The first and second arc I, arcs are my personal favorites for multiple reasons. Like, you get friendships. Like, there's two characters I loved a lot named Leafpool and Sorreltail. And they have one of the best, like, um, like friendship dynamics of the entire series. The very mm -hmm. first series was based on friendship, actually, um, of the, the three best buddies. And it's, uh, but I mean, it's gotten, we've gotten into a very strange place with the current series. I actually haven't read the first book yet. Um, some good ones I'm going to highlight are Forest, uh -huh. of, Forest of Secrets, Fire. Um, every time that you think that you have figured it out, you have, but there's a twist. Like, you're like, okay, I saw that coming. I didn't see that part coming. I mean, it hurts. Um, Crooked Stars Promise, which is a special edition. It's like this thick. Um, makes you cry. <laughs> like, I was not prepared for the ouchies that came in that book. Um, so there's a, there's this part where, um, there are, I'm just gonna say there, there are, there are no longer living kittens. Mm. And the parent does not realize that they are dead. And it is very traumatizing. And I read that at work and I was sobbing. Well, I was like, oh, God, um, Blue Star's Prophecy is the same way um, because it's a lot of her backstory. And she's one of my favorite characters because Blue Star has mental illness, which is kind of frequented, frequented a lot throughout her the arcs that she exists in. And I really like that she's a flawed character with mental illness. And like, it's not just like, oh, my God, I have anxiety. I can't. Uh -huh. She's like, I'm insane. I am manic. I am insane. <laughs> Everything is, like, everybody's against me. I'm paranoid. I don't trust any of you. I'm angry. I'm hurt. Like, she's projecting from her mental illness onto everyone around her, which I feel like doesn't get shown a lot in books anyway. And this is a children's book. And this is a cat. But mm. you feel so relatable to the fact that, like, her madness is justified. But she still shouldn't be doing it, but she can't help it. And I really appreciate that. Um, so her backstory is super cool. Also really a tragic, made me cry. Um, so yeah, those are just some highlights from the Warrior Cat series. I won't really go any further. I can keep going, so I'm going to stop right there. Um, we're going to cap that and go back to you. I have, I, have, I have a quick question. Is the Warrior Cat, is the Warriors series written by one author, multiple authors? Multiple authors that go under the blanket name Aaron Hunter. Okay, cool. I there's was like, wondering. There's like three of them. There was there's been four, I think. Correct me, Kat, if I'm wrong. I think there's been four. And okay. one of them like does like character design and creation. One of them does the actual book work. One of them edits. And then one fact mm. checks. Now granite, 
nobody hates the Warrior Cat series as much as the Warrior Cats fandom. We are brutal. Because, like, there was literally a scene where this character, like, we'll call her Petal Tail for the sake of, the, for the sake of it. Petal Tail died in a battle that happened two chapters ago. Mm-hmm. And now Petal Tail was on a patrol hunting for mice. But Petal oh, Tail so y'all, pe- y'all, y'all but Petal Tail died. Like... Yeah, we're like, hey, Petal Tail's dead. Yeah. Like, dude, like, oh, Boulder yeah. died. Oh, look at my boyfriend's here. Okay, cool. Sorry, I got excited. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, th- no, they're brutal. Like we are, yeah. we are on it. Like you, you, like you describe an eye color wrong one time, destroyed. We got it. Like, oh, like it's vicious. Like we, but also we understand that it's like four people. Four people have mm-hmm. hands in in these books, so we get it. But like, there's some major, major plot points that we're like, bro, this cat's been dead three times, and you keep bringing him back. Like, like ages is a major one for sure. Mm. We get your heart on the ages, but yeah, I'll cap it there with the warriors, and we'll go over to you. Okay. Um. Well, you you kind of went blanket sweep. I was actually planning on going blanket sweep on this one a little bit too. Um. Almost anything written by Michael Crichton. Um. I might be saying his name wrong. He's he's dead, so no new books are coming out. But he wrote books that ended up becoming out be, becoming like Congo, Jurassic Park, um, Andromeda Strain, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. That author is one of my favorite authors, hand down. I own like every book he has. And the reason is because it's almost like every one of his books, if you're really into like technicals or, or like a kind of like, it's almost like a technical thriller of sorts. Like one of my favorite books by him is called Airframe. And it's literally about like, <laughs> this sounds Air so frame. boring, but it's Air like fanta- airframe. Mm-hmm. It, it sound it's it's gonna sound boring, but it's actually fantastic. It a plane crashed, right? And they want to figure out. It's about the crew that is trying to figure out why the plane crashed, right? So they're so it's almost like when you're reading it, you're like with the crew and like learning about the plane and how it works and whatever. But the way he writes is not boring though. It's not like, okay. oh, the thingamajigger went next to the, the M24 <laughs> Bob. But you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the way, the way the characters speak to each other, it's kind of like, they don't, they don't dumb it down, but they, they, it's like this sweet balance where you're like, I know. Okay. I know what that is. Okay. And then slowly as the book goes forward, you're putting the pieces together as the characters are putting the piece together. So like, even like something so stupid sounding, like it might be like, yeah. So anyway, I was checking out the left wing and I realized like it was off by 40 degrees. And then you as the reader, you're just like, holy shit. It was off by 40 fucking de- that's not right. You know, like, because I remember when John we said, we died. <laughs> right, John said in chapter three, when we were at the bar, cause you feel like you're in the book with yeah. him. When we were at the bar, he sung a song over the piano about it being at, it's supposed to be at 80 degrees. And like, we threw a beer at John because he was making, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like it's stuff like that. So by the time like the book ends, you're just like solving the mystery right along with him. So it's weird. I don't know. That's, no, that's awesome. And, and the same thing with, um, you know, like Jurassic Park, stuff like that. Like, even if you think of the movie, there it it has the technical aspects. Like, how did we get dinosaurs? Oh, we've got the DNA and 
da da da, and what can happen if the dinosaur? You know, it makes you think about like wider than just the story. Mm-hmm. I guess I love Michael Christian. It's my dude. Rest in peace for the homies. <laughs> I'm not gonna pour water on my keyboard. <laughs> not ideal. Okay, not not so, not great. Um, not okay. Um, so I'm gonna change gears for a second and get away from a whole series because I have two more of those. But mm-hmm. if I may, this is not a book that I genuinely. Oh, Warrior Cat series also ten out of ten. Please read. Um, <laughs> I, oh, forgot to do that. I forgot to do ratings. You did. So. Uh, Lord of Discipline, you know what? <laughs> Funny enough, if I had to give it a rating, I'll just give it an eight. Okay. Because it does have some in a, like weird, you know, guys, dude stuff I don't really care for. Okay. You know what I mean? Frat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, uh, Ender's Game, I'm giving a 10. I'm sorry. Okay. It's, t- it's too good. Okay. No, and then fine. Michael Christian, eights. Or better, across the board, except for his medical books mm-hmm. that were his early day books. Stay away from those. Okay. Those are like fours. So I'm <laughs> going to politely and gently put this book at a 9 out of 10. Shadow's Weight? But, no. This. <laughs> 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 Disgusting. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Pathetic. Of course, this, this, this was something Gordon Ramsay had to like. He'd be like, he'd be like, he'd be like, well, the way that you describe this is absolutely disgusting. And also, for another thing, I think that I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Okay, but. Stop crying, you donkey. You didn't win the Oscars. Yes, chef. <laughs> Shadows wake. Negative two out of ten. Um, so and okay, I'll give it a modest three point four. I like Sia. So I like Sia, she's cool. Um <laughs> so anyway, I would not recommend even though I give the book I'm about to say a nine out of ten, I would not easily recommend it to people because it's heavy. And it's one of those books that I I took me um I read books really fast and Tip knows this. It's like this thick. And mm-hmm. I read it over the course of like a month and I could have squashed it in a day because it's so, it made me dissociate. It's so heavy. Oh. Um, and the book that I'm listing is Gerald's Game by Stephen King. Oh, yeah. It is so incredibly well written. And mm. a lot of the time Stephen King does this thing, which love the man, like want to meet him, shake his hand and then cry. Stephen mm. King can get extremely long winded. Like, and he gets long-winded about strange things. It's like the tree, okay? Like, like, and it, it's taken, like, it took me forever to read it. because Not because it was a thick book, but because I was like, what, what is this pertaining to? I feel like we've gone backward. Mm-hmm. Um, but Stephen King really doesn't kind of tangent much in it, and he's very direct and to the point. But, like, you're nervous. You are worried. You're scared. You're infuriated. Like, it's it's so good on so many levels and like you relate to the main character on so many levels and especially for someone like me who has been through like childhood sexual trauma like i found the book very liberating 
Like there was a part wherever like she talks about how she never talked about it and then finally she like broke down and told a friend of hers and how she was in the floor crying and drinking and vomiting and just overwhelmed because she never talked about it. And I was like, that's the money shot. Like King couldn't have described that better. That's it. Because like you hit this moment where like either you do what I do where, where you're so like you feel like you're watching somebody else's life. Like, you don't even feel like it belongs to you anymore. I also have the mm-hmm. ID, which aids that. But, or sometimes you hit a boiling point where you're like, fuck, why did this happen to me? And everything just boils over until you're like a mess. Mm-hmm. And it's it's super good. Um, uh, just to give you a little bit of synopsis, this woman and her husband, Gerald, they go to a cabin. Their marriage is failing uh, in the middle of the woods. Nobody knows where they are. It's going to be romantic and spicy. Um, Gerald has a daddy kink, and he um, handcuffs his wife. I don't know why her name is just not staying in my head right now. But um, he handcuffs his wife to the bed, and he tries to, like, get on top of her and do, like, his daddy kink. And he's like, calm. he's like, you know, do you like it when daddy does that? And, like, her brain, you start getting some of her trauma, starts shutting off. And she kicks him. And when she kicks him, he has a heart attack because he took Viagra. And he literally falls over and dies. But they're in this cabin, and nobody knows where they are, and she's handcuffed to the bed. Like, it's, and everything, you'd be like, wow, everything takes place in this room, uh, whatever. But it's also in her head, and in her memories, and you get, like, it's incredible. Like, literally, I recommend it if you have the stomach for it and the mind for it, but it's it's a literal 9 out of 10 fantastic. Mm. I might have to check that one out. I like psychological and it's not it's terror. not usual it's not usual King scary right like and also the movie is on Netflix and it's one of the best um it's one of the best like book to uh, movie adaptations I've ever seen not a hundred percent but enough that you're like damn da- okay, okay damn like the the bad guy in the mm-hmm. movie even though he in in the book even though he is the bad guy is not the real monster. Mm. It's it's really good. I really recommend it. Okay. Jersey. I might check that one out. I, it's good. It's good. It sounds like it would be up my alley. It's super good. Um my fourth pick is one that probably oh, like, God, pretty much have, Do I have four? Hold on. You go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my fourth pick is something that probably everybody knows. And, and like I was a lot older when I first read it. But I didn't care that it was a young adult book. And I'm talking about the first Hunger Games. I'm sorry, but Katniss is Hunger Games. everything. Oh Katniss my god, is the, every, the series not, is so good. I, like, I can't, like, I have issues with Catching Fire and Mocking, like, especially the third one. I have a Mocking Jay fucks me up because she's unconscious for <sighs> most of the book. But, separating those two. Hunger Games, the first one? What?! That junk is like I'm reading it, and I I went in there like not expecting anything. Like I was right. just like, eh, it's gonna be all right. I'm reading it, and I'm like, yo, this thing is great. It has like social commentary. It has great characterization. It has like an awesome um, like themes and a plot device, and it's cool. Like the world they build with Panem and all this stuff. Like I was like, yeah, this is great. This is great. And I feel like it was like. I don't know. She like hit all the notes. Like sometimes you like read a book and it's just like they just hit every single note pretty much. Um yeah, I loved I loved the first one. 
I think the series as a whole, whenever you think about the series as a whole from start mm-hmm. to finish, mm-hmm. is satisfactory. But but I also will agree that book one is one. better written and is the best, is top tier of I, the series. I, yeah. Like, I own all three. I never, ever, ever... I've only read book two and three once. I've read book one many times. I never read the next two. Like to really? me, I'm like, it that's the end. I'm good. That it's like it's like watching like Dexter. Like you end at season four for anyone that watches Dexter. You end at season four. You don't watch the rest. You just don't. For for me, the hardest thing about and it wasn't even everyone said that with book with Mocking Jay, I believe it is. They mm-hmm. were like Oh, but you know, why did everybody have to die like that? Because that I'm like, well, it's war. So I yeah. under that part didn't bother me because, sorry guys, it's coming, okay. But like that doesn't bother me. What bothers me is the fact that Can- uh, Katniss was unconscious, unconscious for so much of that book that I feel like we lost. Like it felt like the flow was interrupted because of it. Like every time something happened, she passed out. And then you wake up and it was this and like like even her being like crazy didn't bother me. Like all of those things didn't bother me. It was the fact that I felt like the flow was disrupted and that the writing was subpar. I also just didn't I don't know. I feel like Snow I feel like that was an inappropriate way to end that character. You know, I was so put off by how the second and third book went that I to this day and probably never will read that songbird of snakes the the, the one that came out recently i don't that I don't know. that that's a prequel it takes it, it's from like snow's perspective okay. or something like that before the first hunger games it takes place i probably will never read it i hear it's subpar as well um but yeah the second hunger games for me i was actually hyped not just from the first book but also just the fact they're bringing back the champions and all that stuff. I, I thought it would, there was just too much bullshit in that second book. I mean, between like what they're trying to do with the revolution, which I do, I get the, why they want to have the revolution, but just how it came to pass and all the bullshit they were throwing at the champions. And just like, I feel like they could have, I feel like if she had taken more time with it, she could have made everything just smart, smarter, just more intelligently written, just the way things played out instead of just like, oh my God, there's like a big gas coming. Let's all run. Like, I'm just like, this is stupid. I, like the first one was just pure survival. You know what I mean? Like it was just it, like, and this one's just like, there's gas. Oh no, there's like lightning coming. There's like birds that can like peck at us to death. Oh man! Like they're just like bull. You're being a bit harsh, don't you think? (laughs) Like, oh wow! No, I see your point, but maybe the capital was also just pissed at the way that you know Peta and Katniss had defied. They 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 didn't care. They were trying to entertain the capital, and the capital loves bullshit because what government doesn't? Yeah, but it was, I don't um, know. I, I'm going to give it I, a little bit more grace than you are. I'll I'm put I'll put it this grace. way. I was so I was so upset by it. I have like my own version of like what they try to do in Hunger Games too. I'm going to write my own version. Like I have it in the works and stuff. You'll see. 
Okay. In the future, you'll see. You'll know. You'll know when it comes up because randomly you might be reading something along those lines and be like, "Is this the?" I'm like, "Yup." Dude, this is it. Ah! This is it. Maybe we I, should do. I, maybe I put maybe, some thought maybe into we it. should do that with our series. Right. The about about our, about our guy, our nice young oh. man. Um. Okay, let's say how many how many have I done? I've done the Warrior Cat series, Gerald's Game, and Firebringer, right? Yeah, you did three. Okay, so my fourth. Oh God, I shouldn't have said five because now I'm struggling. Um, <laughs> I re- I really am struggling now. Um, my f- my fourth is the very first of its kind that I personally heard of, and I besides the Dark Tower series, and I mm. love it so. Icarus, what are you doing, buddy? What? It's like I'm eating a bird, Mama. Winter, what are you? Okay, um, I think it was a bug. Um, oh. so the no, what are you doing? Quit! Hey, leave the wires alone. <laughs> um, so there's a series called Dorothy Must Die, and it's like a spin on Oz. And I really, really, really wanted to love the entire series and the novellas. I wanted, I want it to be so balls deep in this series so bad. Yeah, I did. This is Bro, the first book is the best. I it, it's it's a lot like Hunger Games for me. Like I was mm. like, I bought all of them. I I pre-ordered the last one when it came out. I was so excited. Like I got all the novellas. Like I was like reading everything that I could also the other book that I've read from this author of uh, the author is Danielle Page and the other book that I've read from her is one of the most terribly written things I've ever read in my life mm. like it's horrendous and I was like looking up reviews on it and it's got like two stars bro it's awful like it's bad it's like a snow white read anyway so um I'm digressing so Dorothy Must Die is about a girl named Amy Gum who ends up in Kansas somehow. I don't even remember now. That ends up in Oz somehow. And Dorothy is a bitch. And like Dorothy is like taking over everything and she's like destroying Oz. Um, um, so but I really like that spin on it. And I like some of it. Like I really love the descriptions in the first book. Like, you feel like you're there. But then the second book, it's less and less. And you have to, like, do it with your head. And mm-hmm. it's not, I don't know. It's just not quite, like, Oz is such a magical, wonderful place. If you're going to paint it to me, and this is going to be something that I've, I've said before. If it's not a world that is our own, you have to paint it to me. Because if you can't paint me what you see inside your head, I'll never know what it looks like. I don't know what it is. Like, you only you do. Yeah. Um, but, like... It, I don't know, it falls apart a lot there in the end. Like, the Cowardly Lion is, like, a douchebag and, like, scares um, the fear out of members of Oz. And when he does, he eats their fear and he becomes even more badass each time he eats fear. So, like, that's really cool. There's a lot of really cool moments. It's a really good series. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 because the first book is, abnor- like, really fantastic. The second mm. book is good. And then you start losing it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like that's like the... Oh my gosh. Um, Kat just said the peculiar... Uh, peculiar uh, uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Oh, I've heard it. Yeah, I've heard it. I've read one. this series. It's very good. I've read it. I have all of them except for the new one. Um, so yeah, 7 out of 10 for Dorothy Must Die. Um, I recommend give, it I if you like it. Okay. It's you said a 10? 
It's solid. It is solid. For what it is. What's your fifth? You know... Uh, fifth. Fifth? I'm torn between, like, an author and a book. But I guess I'm going to go with the book. I'd have to say Animal Farm. Okay. Which is our an interesting take. Our choices take. are so wildly different. I know. Animal mine, Farm. Mine are, like, uh, all yeah. fantasy. <laughs> like, high fantasy. All of mine are, like, high fantasy. Maybe because I was an English teacher. I don't know. So I, like, had to read weird different stuff but animal farm super good all the animals are personified they're on a farm they basically revolt against the farmer and they try to form their own society but it's basically like a parallel to our own society like you know the, the pigs come up with a slogan like all animals are equal but some animals are more equal than others like it's just got stuff like that that is just mm-hmm. like like oh uh, <laughs> for like commentary animal farm commentary. Is good. Yeah. So, really like, good. entertainment wise, I mean, if you're there for the the giggles, I mean, I wouldn't read it. But if you're if you're there for just like something, oh, oh my god, how did I forget this book? I'm sorry. You know what? <laughs> Scratch out Animal Farm. I'm sorry. Okay. Scratch it okay. Out. Scratch it out. No, my my fifth book and people, um, Siddhartha by Herman Hesse. That that's it. That's the one because that one. Is the because I was brainwashed as a kid, I was in like this cult like thing, whatever, right? That book was the first book that actually opened my mind to other form ways of thinking. It's Siddhartha, it's it's not an entertaining read, it's just if you're into like spirituality, religious stuff, whatever. It is fiction, but it's basically just about this guy who's just like, I want to figure out like what life is all about, and he goes on this big old journey like testing everything to see if that's what life is about. Like he starts out like worshiping some different stuff. He like serves under the Buddha at one point. He like serves under a prostitute at one point serves like just different things. Like, Oh, is life all about like carnal stuff? Is life all about like sacrificing everything? Is life all about blah, blah, blah. And for me, it was huge because I literally had come out of that whole thing as a child. And I was just like, the F do I do now? Right. And that book was like right there for me. So that was my fifth scratch animal farm, even though that's good too. Okay. Um, I have a fifth, which is also a series. Cause I think I've done three series now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also just nostalgic for me. I'm going to get some hate for it. That's fine. And uh-huh. then I have my honorary mentions as well. Guys, I'm throwing the Harry Potter series out here. Um, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. And the, the reason... <laughs> the, That's what canceled you right there. The reason... <laughs> don't buy it! <laughs> don't! Um, so, yeah. the reason that I gave the Harry Potter series, though, overall such a low score is because some things that Julius and I have talked about in the past, you know, kind of some homophobic knocks, a lot of transphobic knocks, trying to separate the the author again from the work um there's not right. much diversity in the book at all which bothers me um there's some things that i just feel like didn't age very well with it and it's very strange for me to see a character that's in the highlight like hermione um that is part of spew which is about taking uh, the house we don't really see spew a lot in um 
uh, the movies in the books, uh, she's advocating for the rights for the house elves to have freedom. Um, and it's just really funny to me that she's like an advocate, but J.K. Rowling's a turf. Um, so that those are like my, like, but overall, like it was one of the very, it was the very first magic series, the very very first magic series that I ever read. So like, it just threw me headfirst into a world, and I was like, but she made this like from her from her own mind, she made this. And it kind of inspired me to world build and create my own worlds and not just do something that takes place on Earth and recycle mm -hmm. that over and over again. Like I was like, she did this. I can do this. And also has some of my favorite characters of any. I mean, I, I do mean any uh, series ever today. Uh, Remus Lupin, uh, mm -hmm. who doesn't have control of his body or his mind sometimes, like adored that. Also his act acting portrayal was mwah, chef kisses um obviously um uh serious black serious blacks my, oh, my yeah. darlings i loved him oh, like, yeah, the so like the mouth like the mouthways like there's just it, there's so many good moments in the book series not not even like the movies guys but like if you haven't read the series then you're you're, you're really missing out because there's prisoner so much Azkaban. more there's so much more depth in there i was gonna say prisoner and azkaban is one of my favorite books ever That's it's my favorite book one. in the series yep. um it's 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 just it's overall just fantastic i i love harry potter a lot despite you know some of the the, the author's misgivings um yeah. i'm gonna throw a couple of my honorable mentions out here I have another stephen king book um i have the shining if you haven't mm. read the shining you are missing so much um it's really good there's this really horrifying scene that still gives me nightmares about how um the shrubbery comes to life and is following Jack, but he thinks that he's insane. And it's, it's a really amazing scene. Steven did a really good job. Mm -hmm. um, the lovely bones is a fantastic book. It makes me mm. sob. Um, it's, it's, it's really good. It makes me cry like a fucking baby. Mm -hmm. um, there was a couple of other ones, but it's a very, of course, Alice in Wonderland, the original Alice Carroll. Um, not Alice, not Alice Carroll. Haha, <laughs> that's funny. Lewis Carroll. Um, and also, um, um, yeah, it, yeah. And, uh, the original, uh, Wizard of Oz by L. Frank Baum, which is one of the most magical books ever written. Mm. Uh, Simply, it's simply fantastic. It's really, really good. And then, if you've ever read Coraline, if you haven't read Coraline, guys, read Coraline. It's so scary. Mm. And those are some of my honorable mentions. Also, this book right here is really good. It's called The Last of the Sages. It's done by uh, Julia St. Clair. It is. I'm not even that far into it yet, y'all. But I'm telling you, it's great. I can actually. Like, it's it's really good. Uh, this is the this is the Sage Saga. It's got she's biased. She's five kingdoms. Yeah, you it says you. <laughs> <laughs> she's biased. Says mind. you. Ugh. Oh, also some praise for the Aragon series. Boop boop. Okay, now I'm done. Mm. Um, uh, talking about Harry Potter real quick, uh, controversies aside, talking about the series itself, Prisoner of Azkaban, great. Um, that's definitely the best one out of the series, in my opinion, as well. Um, as far as the world building in Harry Potter series is fantastic. Phenomenal. The writing, fantastic. The characters, 
fantastic. Except, dare I say, this is just my personal opinion, Harry Potter himself. I'm like, no, I agree. Mm, Never him as a character, everyone else is like so alive in in them, and then Harry, Harry Potter's just like the. I guess he's supposed to be an avatar for you, and maybe that's why it works. I suppose. But also, I would like to say mm-hmm. that <laughs> if Neville Longbottom had been the boy who lived, it would the book would have been a whole lot cooler. The series would have been a whole lot more interesting to read. Dragon Riders of Pern. I'm um, taking notes of everybody's stuff. But um, besides that, my honorable mentions I can think of two. Uh, one is the author Malcolm Gladwell. He actually writes nonfiction. His stuff is fantastic, especially if if you want to read like a nonfiction book about like he takes like the most random out there stuff and like makes it fascinating. Like um, probably his most well-known book is Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell talking about like 10,000 hours and becoming a master of things, stuff like that. If you want to get into nonfiction, I highly recommend it. Uh, kind of like a motivational sort of book without it being preachy or whatever. All his books are good. And then my next one would actually be Death Note. That's actually manga, but the series is mwah, it is mm-hmm. like beautiful. I literally wrote a whole book that was inspired by that series. Like I wrote a whole book because it was that good. It's I am like number four. Yeah. Supernatural thriller. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um so I would say those are my honorable mentions. And now, because we like never, ever, ever do this, but we are talking about books, I would like to ask you, what is a series or book that you're writing, that, that you personally are writing, that you are super, super duper excited about, you want to know about it, slash when to get it, slash... <laughs> Why are you doing that? Come on, Chris. Come on. No? Okay, so I'm actually really proud of Treachery. Um, So in Treachery, it's actually an anthology, and it's an anthology that has like six different fantasy... Like four different fantasy world writers and one who is no longer. And um, my part is called... Mine is called Mania. And I'm extremely proud of my section. Um, I'm never proud of anything that I have written literally ever. Like, I want to light this on fire. Um, But I'm sitting here telling you that I think Manny is good. Uh, I am going to continue it. Uh, I am going to have a three-book series called uh, Shatter Hollow. And, um... wow, my brain decided it was was just done. Shatter Hollow and Tremor. Uh, and it's going to kind of go into a little bit of background of each of our three main characters. And then it's going to end up, the, the fourth book's going to tie it all. Uh, I'm going to do like a fourth compilation of whatever. Um, also, I am currently working on my own personal Wizard of Oz series. Uh, mm. I've let Julius read a little bit of it. I've let Kat read a little bit of it. I'm very, very, very um, proud of it uh, so far. it's. I'm not going to tell much about it because I kind of want it to be a surprise but it's not a direction that we've seen before. And it's one that makes the most fucking sense, in my opinion. Honestly, <laughs> I literally told Julius why it makes sense as to why mm-hmm. it, the world has gone the way that it's gone. Um, but yeah, I get, I hope that you all are okay with 
LGBTQ interracial couples because I'm doing that uh, right. <laughs> in my Oz books. Um, Ozma is black. Dorothy is part Asian. I'm really happy about it. Um, so yeah, that's super cool. And then racing, racing wind is okay. Yes. You can't even say the words. Yeah. yeah. Some like we're like monks or something. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> but racing wins. Edit. Edit. Editing is sixty percent done, and then I'll be able to get that rolling a little bit faster. And then sacrifice mm-hmm. of spring is good. Oh, and yeah. I'm working on I'm working on the book with cat called Remnants. It's about unicorns. It has a super awesome blue cover that is fire. There's not and enough unicorn stories. There's not enough unicorn stories, and this no. is unlike anything I've ever seen. I'm really excited about it. It's going to be awesome. So keep your eyes out for those five things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What about you, you buddy? I knew you could do it, Chris. What you working on? I mean, I'm working on a million things as always, but we'll I would up. say the main I would say the main thing that I'm most excited for is my Explorer series that's coming out next summer. It's all listen, so, I wrote it. Your I, name, by the way. Huh? Oh, Trisha said, Can Toto be a big floof instead of a small one? And I said that Toto's actually a great Dane. Slash oh. Irish Wolfhound. He's a big boy. Go ahead. Oh. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> um I wrote it like a TV show and I already wrote like the whole first season. Like it's already done, like done, done, done. Literally the whole thing. I'm already writing season two, whatever. But basically it's like a cross between like Star Trek and the Lord of the Rings. So, but so it's very fantasy and it's about like these, these, there's like these three communities that are, are on the brink of civil war and they're all like fighting each other and they're all surrounded by this great wall that keeps them out from the external world. So they've been there for like centuries. They they do not know what's on beyond the outside world. But because the civil war is hap- is about to happen and supplies are running through because of overpopulation and stuff like that, they're like let's go out into the world, maybe like get some uh allies or see what's out there. Let's explore because people aren't exploring. <laughs> we we just know each other that's part of the reason we're fighting. And so Everyone's like, nah, that, that idea sucks. Nobody wants to do that shit. But a bunch of misfits decide to do it. Like, they're like, I love them all. I love all the characters on that team because they're just the rejects. And they all go out into the world, and there's danger and love and loss and betrayal and allyship and finding, and they all hate each other at first, but then they find friendship. And there's like, I oh, I love it so much. <laughs> Then they come across, they're going to come across different societies that um, are all in fantasy world, like other authors, societies, and eventually, and stuff like that. And they're super cool. Like, there's like this warrior that has like PTSD, and she's like, always like trembling and shaking. She has voices and stuff like that. But like, in the but in the wilderness, she's finding calm and stuff. And that's weird for her because she's not like fighting all the time. And there's like this one girl that just wants to be loved because she's like the town like reject and all that. I don't know. There's all these misfits. I love it. I loved writing it. And I'm excited for people to read it. So that's called The Explorers. And that comes out next summer. There's actually merchandise for that on the Fantasy World website. 
Oh yeah, there is. I, I like got like characters done and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so excited for it. But... I'm really excited for the Oz series. I really think it's gonna do it's gonna do well. I'm minus the backlash I'm gonna get for my gay interracial characters. <laughs> Who cares about that? Apparently that dude I... in Walmart cared about that, Julius. <laughs> right. But yeah, um, <laughs> But yeah, I'm I'm really excited about um, for anyone that knows anything about what's going on in fantasy world and stuff. Like, we tried to do like a prologue season, um, you know, back in January. I think we launched it. We were just trying to go like really fast and see what we could do, and it kind of like blew up in our faces a little bit. So we learned a lot. Um, but the original plan was that we weren't even gonna like officially launch until next summer, anyways. Um, and so we have a ton of content that's going to be coming out. Like, I, I kid you not, like even, like, even for like myself, even though we did like the prologue season and stuff, I actually didn't release any of my, my stuff that I had written. Cause I was like, Oh, it's for the regular season though. I don't want to do it for the prologue season. So like, even for me, I have like almost 50 novels ready to go. So that's, Yeah. <laughs> Chris is like the F. So yeah, no, but I've been writing them over the past like like four or five years and stuff. Don't feel Chris. That's that all, face? That's all I got. The, it, it took me ten good. years. That's good. That's good. It's my writing's not my writing's not nearly as good as yours though. I said it. I said it. <laughs> Why? It's not. It's just not. It's just a fact. It's just a fact. That's not true. No, that's literally not. I'm garbage. Listen, you sent me. What is it you sent me? I think you sent me. I think it was the Oz. It might have been the Oz one. I read a few things of yours, but it might have been the Oz thing. And I was like, I was just reading the first paragraph and I literally stopped and I got up from my seat to get a drink of water. I was like, this. This, mm, this over Because <laughs> I'm not trying to call you one, but I'm just saying. I was just like, say it, say it with your whole I chest. Was, I was, I was like, this. <laughs> I was like, this bitch over here got me, got me fawning over the first few lines, and I can't do anything. I feel like I'm over here, like, and then she. <laughs> Went across the street and uh, the sky was blue and there were clouds. And um, what am I forgetting? The sun was yellow. Yeah. Killed that shit. And then Chris is over here like, the, effer the effervescent glow of the blip, blip, And I'm just like, Jesus. Like, oh my God. <laughs> I promise it's not that great. It's not that good. He's over here like, oh, you write better than me. Meanwhile, let me be a full-time author while you work work your life away at your soul-sucking corporate job. So who's winning, Julius? Who's winning? You know what? That doesn't no, no, that doesn't even count because if you if because if you like say say we both got to start right now, right? 
and somebody was like, oh, you guys both same starting line. See, we didn't have the same starting line. Do you know what I mean? It's not the same starting line. Can we do this one day? What? Can somebody like give us a prompt and we both start a story on the same day and see what we end up with? Like a short story? Like just like 10 pages, like something fun. Can that be a thing? I'll, I'll publish them both and see L- who little, gets the higher review average. Little I friendly, you'll little beat friendly me. fire. You'll beat me. Somebody give us a prompt. What? I can't do it now. No, somebody give us a prompt but, that we can start. Like, <laughs> we could do like a little short story guy. I do like a good competition. I do too. Somebody I'll literally me. put them up too. I'll literally put them up and like who, who gets the higher uh why? Uh, why? Why are you? Why are you making it like that? Like, I, mean, <laughs> I was just suggesting. You're gonna beat me, so I don't even know. I don't even know why you're worried. You're gonna win. You're a better. She listen, guys. Do you see the, 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 the three hundred and something pages of garbage? Do you it's see the garbage? garbage? It's not got Chris. It's not garbage. It's garbage with like. Oh wow! Look at that. Someone threw away their wedding ring by accident. That's what it's like. It's like it's like a homeless person's dumpster diving. And they happen to find like, oh, they throw away these Adidas. Those are Chris, really, Chris, is, Chris is talking nice. shit. She's seen my text a, messages. She's seen nice. my text messages. I was talking to somebody, and I was like, I was like, oh why my are, god, why like, are you doing this? You don't have to. Do I was this. like, oh, Chris is, and then I sent her the screenshots to tell, her, to show her that I, I think wasn't I think we have our one. Okay, it's stranger amongst friends. That's the. Is that the prompt? Is that the prompt? A stranger amongst friends? Behind the mat. Okay. We're getting some options. Mm. We should choose one. I agree. Okay, so behind the mask or stranger amongst friends? Maybe on one of our podcasts we'll actually like read it or something. That's a good idea. What do you think? Like which which out of those two would you choose? I would pick behind the mask. That's the one I was leaning. Want to go with that one? We'll do that one. We lose oh, open shit. open interpretation. Open behind interpretation. the mask. Okay. Short story. I'm gonna bring the fire. Why did, I, why did I agree to do this? What did Your I... idea, Chris. And it was my idea. <laughs> listen, guys, listen. Listen. This is what it this is what it comes down to. This is how listen, when people ask me, like, oh my god, you're a full-time author. That's amazing. How do you do that? Blah 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 blah. Right? This is what I say to them. I'm like, all right, listen, guys. If if you're looking for like an account. I'm, I'm like a summer blockbuster movie, right? That's how I write. Like, you'll read it, you'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll cheer, you'll have a good time, and then you'll forget about it. No. That, that no. I'm the summer, I'm the summer movie, right? And then you got Chris over here. She's like the Academy Award nominee. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, for best picture. We have shadows. With, like people are like, oh, oh so good. The way the the way, um, <laughs> da, da, 
but yeah, for her, she's like the Academy Award-winning writer. So like, that, like, liter- like, people have a good time with my stories. Like, I feel like I feel like they're high concept, but like, and they're fun. But I think I can write good dialogue. I'll say that. I think I can write good dialogue, but I can't write good like description um stuff like that and i think part of the reason is because like i've always wanted to be more of like a movie director like a script writer and so like i'll actually forget about like the senses sometimes like i'll be like why don't you describe how it smells in this scene julius what did the characters hear julius and i'm just like i gotta go back and be like oh god um, i don't know they heard the crackle of the fire i guess I just want to get to the action, you know, (laughs) I want to get to the jokes, you know, I don't know. That's, that's me. But Chris is over here, got like a full flushed out, like everything. (laughs) Chris's face, right? Looking at me like that. But anyways, yeah, we're going to take up your challenge. We're going to do Behind the Mask. Mm-hmm. We're each going to write a short story. It's open interpretation. Um, I'm trying and... to think of a direction that I know that you won't go. I don't think that either of us should read it until... Do no. you want to like do like a live reveal? Oh, we should. I think so. Like, n- neither of us knows what the other person's doing until... I, I think someday, me and Chris have talked about like uh, collaborating. Mm-hmm. It's definitely going to happen. We've also played around with this with this joke <laughs> that um, we're going to write a book <laughs> based on it's like Hunger Games slash the Greatest Game type situation almost, mm-hmm. um, but with bad uh, not people that you would expect. Yeah, <laughs> well, underdogs. We'll say that. I don't know, maybe we will collaborate someday. You never know. We probably will. Yeah. Sure yeah. I have to be a full-time author first. <laughs> we'll get you there. That's not going to do a good garbage. All right. Well, anyway, so we're at um, like three hours. We should probably go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, um, she's like, that's enough about me. We, enough about we the d- time. We, we did um, have a wonderful talk about books. We can definitely talk about books um, some more because that was fun. I'm mm-hmm. going to get started on this prompt probably tomorrow because I'm excited for oh. it. I, I think I have an idea. Damn, already you got an idea? I got I to gotta let it marinate. It usually, it usually comes to me like a movie preview in my head. Did I ever tell you how I came up with the concept for um, like two of the major things that happened in Shadow's Wake? I literally write random words down on pieces of paper and then I put them or like I'll get on like a word generator online and look up like 10 random words and write them down and try to make a story around those words. And that's how I come up with ideas when I hit writer's block. Interesting. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's where the... Um, I didn't know that at all. Uh, what I'm trying to think of the scene. But there was like a... The Dragon Nightlight. Mm. The whole thing with the Dragon Nightlight. And then like... It just Dan- came- them dancing is that I looked up, I looked up, I did like, I generated words like five times to get five words and I got nightlight, magic, dance, 
and like two other words, and I was like, "What the fuck? Night a nightlight that dances? What? What in the?" What in the beauty and the beast is this? And then I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> what is the and I was like, wait, what hold on. And then I came up with the concept for the dragon nightlight. That's interesting. I know, I feel like everyone's different, like how they, like, yeah, see, I never would have thought about that, like putting down words, seeing what comes to you. And they make a I, concept based off it. Mine's always come as movie previews because, again, I think I. I think my calling was to be a script writer or something, but like literally, like literally I'll probably be like in the shower or something and I'll be like, all right, I'm going to like now think about this behind the mask concept or something. And then like, I'll like close my eyes or something. And in my head, I'll see like that green, like the following preview Yeah, has been approved for all audiences. Thing. That's cool. Yeah. And then it'll be like behind the mask. And then like slowly it'll be like, this is the pieces will come together, the movie or whatever. Then from there, you gotta flush it out like crazy. You can't just, you know. Yeah. But usually, like big scenes will pop at me. Like these are the, the money makers. Mm -hmm. And then I gotta do all the boring threads or something in between. Yep. I mean, bro, that's for any writer, though. Bro, those know. lull periods will be hitting you in the fucking chest. You'll be like, oh, be <laughs> I don't know what to do. I just want them to kill each other. But I have I to get there first. <laughs> I know. Seriously. So we'll see what we come up with. I think I have an inkling of an idea. That's but an idea. Does genre matter? No, I don't think genre matters. Okay, genre can we tell can we tell each other the genre that we want to do, so oh. that we don't do the same genre? Maybe you don't want to do the same genre. I don't. I don't think it matters. Okay, I'm. I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking high fantasy, as usual. Yeah, I was either gonna do. I call mine low fantasy, <laughs> only because I, I write mediocre, mediocre fantasy. Mediocre <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> I call mine low fantasy because it's like it is fantasy, but it's not very heavy usually on. Um, like I'll world build, but I don't know. It's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard to explain. It's not like heavy. I guess I don't know. But anyways, I was thinking of doing either fantasy or horror. Ooh, okay. Ooh. One of those. It won't be a romance, I'll tell you that. <laughs> or could it be? I don't know. <laughs> oh, be a scary romance. Romantic Sca horror. Damn, damn, my brain just did the thing. Romantic horror. Fuck. Damn it, Chris. No, damn! <laughs> I don't know. It's like actually listen, behind the mask is a good concept for a right. Listen, Dr Trisha and I had a full conversation one time about um, you know how like couple so couple people do this thing, and it's called um, I forget what it's called. But it's like it's like a stranger photo shoot, and you take like mm. really intimate boudoir photos with someone that you've never met. So like oh. the like the the photographer will say that they're doing one of these secret photo shoots and they'll reach out to people and they'll pick the people and they come into the room. So when you turn around and see each other for the first time, it's the first time you're meeting that person, and they take oh, wow. like like intimate like couples photo shoots. Like you would think that they loved each other, never met before. And yeah. um, I was Trisha and I were talking back and forth on a thread, and I said that what if the photographer did these photo shoots, and but the photographer is a serial killer. So they pick specific people Boy. and then they put these two strangers together because you're less likely to have chemistry and be able to work well with someone that you don't know. 
Mm. So they do this on purpose because they want these two people for whatever reason. They take like, these bizarre photos for themselves or for other mur- other serial killers. Maybe they're a network or whatever. And then, you know, you all are done. You're done with your photos. And then the photographer won't let you leave. And then you find out that you're trapped. Like, the set is actually a trap. And that's, like, this huge thing that, like, Trisha and I had talked about on a thread. I didn't think it would be a really cool, cool idea for something. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Hmm. And I think it'd be cool if the photographer was like a dainty little woman that just liked to make people her playthings type situation. Yeah, there's not enough. Break uh, that stereotype. Yeah. I mean, not that we're asking for. Not that. Wait, no. I'm sorry. Wait, wait. Hold (laughs) on. No. The the FBI. Hashtag equality. Hashtag diversity. (laughs) Um, Hashtag all lives matter. Yeah, hashtag. Don't hashtag that. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> no, sorry. I know, right? Fantasy we need more world. women serial. Fan- yeah, fantasy okay. world cancel. I know. <laughs> I know. Okay. Oh, anyways, well, anyways, um, everyone, thank you for joining us for mm-hmm. this regularly timed episode. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, three hours and all that We had to stuff. stretch it an extra hour to make it normal. Right. But you know what? Actually, it was kind of nice, though. Just stretch it, even, you mm-hmm. know, if we uh, ran out of the main material. But whatever. But, yeah. So, hope to see y'all again. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, definitely check out those two documentaries. Um, Abducted in Plain Sight and the J.C. Degard Dugard story. They're both on YouTube. Um, Abducted on Play- in Plain Sight is also on Netflix. And um, feel free to what, what's the what's the saying you got for the like and subscribe? Oh, you have to <laughs> gently <laughs> caress the like button, but aggressively pound the share. Right, aggressively. It's pound called the share. balance. The share button can take it. It's all good. It can. It's a little dirty. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but anyway <laughs> with that being said happy monday ever or tuesday whatever this was the chris x claire experience adios everybody thank you for listening to the chris x claire experience if you love this podcast head over to itunes to subscribe and leave a review you can also check out fantasyworldbooks.com to get more information on other shows books music and more we also want to thank you for your support because if you stuck with us this long you can already consider us friends 